Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, Ahmed Johnson. He and, of course, The Undertaker teaming up later tonight to square off against Mankind and the leader of the nation of domination, Farouk. And, of course, Ahmed, everyone remembers that unbelievable one-on-one -on -one encounter. Well, it started out that way with Farouk at the Royal Rumble. You think you've seen some Royal Rumble, Vince McMahon? You ain't seen nothing yet. This is just beginning. Because guess what? I don't take my Prozac anymore. And when I get off Prozac, brother, you don't know what might happen to The Top of Wrestling with your host, OGM AD Professor. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> to be a podcaster, yay! It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war. War games. You're impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we Good. Good wrestling day. That was probably my longest one yet. That's what she said. All right, welcome to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. We are back as always because it's Wednesday and you know what that means. We're here to bring you the top of everything, which means we are going to have the fallout from this past weekend's Royal Rumble. Thank you, WWE. Saturdays are doing a much better job for me than Sunday nights. Yeah, it only took you this many years to catch on. We're also going to have some AEW news. Of course, we bring something to the table. Other news as well, but of course, our biggest thing of this week is our top topic. It is the top and worst moments of the last 30 years. A lot of research, a lot of time and effort was put into this by, by your hosts, and we are excited to talk about that today. It's kind of, it's funny, you know, you want to have the top of things. It should be an all positive. We're going to go down, then up, then down. So, this will be fun. Be like a good therapy session. And, of course, we continue to walk down the road of the Monday Night Wars from 25 years ago. This week, it was the oddest looking Raw to date because they were in Toronto, Canada in a major huge arena, but it looked like it was just a regular live show. I found that to be very fun, so we'll be able to talk about that. And, of course, don't forget, we have our 100th episode. It's on the way coming very soon as a matter of fact it's only just nine episodes away from now 
which means begin to share. The more you share, the more opportunities that you have to be entered for our giveaway. Actually, have had a couple of shares just this last couple of week, uh, this last weekend, which is great. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who needs no introduction. <laughs> it's good to be the king. He is still on top of the fantasy draft league. I'm sorry to quote the the commissioner. Uh, yeah, everything's gonna change. He got ten points. As <laughs> he much got as, ten points. As much as things change, they stay the same. Oh man! And you know what? Earlier in the week, I think last week I was in third place as of our conversation. A little behind the the commissioner, who was still 150, I think, behind you at that point. And then things took a major turn. Halfway through the rumble, I got pushed right back into second place. I was like, yeah, buddy. But hey, to the horseman, the man had a banger of a night. Something like 500 points, I feel like, in one night or 300 maybe. 240, I think it was. Oh, my God. And so I didn't want to keep track of everybody's stuff. You know, I was like, I'll just Mm -hmm. keep track of my own. Just need to make sure that my eliminations are all accounted for. Which was funny when that Chad Gable moment came about and he's like, everyone, let's put everybody together to get almost out of the ring. And you were like, uh, Gable on the smarts? Like, or like everybody's trying to figure it out on the side. Um, but it's like, again, I wasn't really paying attention to who had what, but then once people like Charlotte went on a, an elimination spree, I go, all right, who the fuck has her? And not only did he have her, he had Rhea Ripley. He also had, uh, who I think almost he had he had several people who cleared house in both rumbles. And I go, wow, he came from out of nowhere, and he's now in second place. I'm in third. Commissioner's back down to fourth, but your king, as you just said, still reigning, defending, undisputed champion, ODM. I'm going to keep playing for the whole year. I'm just going to win it all year long, every season. And then I'll leave and let them have their trifle of a league back. When they yep. beat you. Mm-hmm. You could just make a, like a little paper championship and go, this is all I need. <laughs> just write Kelly on it. <laughs> all right, let's get into some real news. Before we do talk about uh, the Royal Rumble and the fallout from that, you texted me on the side and said, did you happen to see that G.O.D., the Gorillas of Destiny, and Jay White were both at Impact tapings, and they were on Impact. And I said I was conflicted about it, but I didn't want to talk too much because I wanted to make sure that we could discuss it over the year. Mega fan. Mega, mega, mega fan of Gorillas. In hindsight, I would love for everybody to be in... Or, I'm sorry, in a wishing world, I wish everybody, all the best tag teams could be in one division so we could see all of our dream matches come true. I want the Briscoes, G.O.D. I want Red Dragon, Bucks. Yeah, even Bucks, I'm saying that. Hardy's eventually going to be over. Everybody, I want everybody to be in AEW. But then it's getting oversaturated. Unless you're going to start weeding out your Dark Orders, your Jurassic Express, um... Man, even the, not the acclaimed, but, you know, your lower, lesser teams. Varsity Blondes, not a need. You have all the rest of those teams in there? Okay, we're back to a good, solid, I would say the 
last time we had this solid of teams where it was actual tag teams would have been mid-late 80s. We're talking Killer Bees, Heart Foundation, Brain Busters, uh, Fantastics. I mean, anybody you want to name. I'm saying, like, we haven't had that solid. Attitude Era had some, but I don't think we've had a solid run of one whole promotion having a, a great set of tag teams. We got to weed out the shit. But then bring over G.O.D. and Briscoe's. I don't think the Briscoes are going to show up, to be honest with you. But what's your take on all this? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And that's the thing. You know, we have definitely touted AEW's tag division. But the more you look at it, there's like, you know, some a couple key players. And then the rest are kind of filler. And it almost doesn't seem like they have any true mid-carters. It seems like they have people that are mid-carters because they're trying to push them. But they still can't necessarily contend with the Jurassic Express. I, You know, that's not what I meant. But with it, you know what I mean? Jurassic Express is an example. You know... They're, they're humoring. They're like the Bushwhackers. They're like the Rockers. You don't expect them to be full-time tag champions, but you can root for them. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but uh, the Bushwhackers and Rockers weren't really tag champions. Yeah, No, you they know? weren't. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park I'm, that's what I'm going to call them now. Uh, I, I think it should be. Yeah, so, you know, I just don't I'm see... okay with Jungle Boy being on his own. You want to push mm-hmm. him on TV weekly? Fine. Yeah. The dinosaur doesn't need to be. Nope. He should go heel, take his mask off, beat the living piss out of Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. do a proper Enzo and Cass that they tried to do in WWE with the big guy oh, breaking God. up and beating the shit out of him. No, but I'm saying that was bad. Yeah. I'm saying, but the proper way to do it. Or even Diesel and Sean, right? They had mm-hmm. that little beginning one. So I'm just saying you have options. Get rid of the tag team. It's it's a, a joke. And it's it, a joke to your company and your division if you are really trying to be playing the game i have no problem with the dinosaur but i do with him being your tag team champion absolutely yeah i mean ultimately in my opinion ftr should have the titles and you can have feuds with the luchas even though they fought luchas too much already i feel like the bucks they should be having they had the one match where the bucks buried them and (laughs) they haven't Mm -hmm. fought since so you got them and then you've got red dragon so right there you've got four solid teams I mean, that's your upper Well, and that's right the, there. even if you kept your Varsity Blondes for a couple of weeks, let's say FTR, this tonight, for some reason, in Chicago, were to take the tag team championships. It's not happening because I don't think it's scheduled. But what I'm saying is, let's say it happens. Right. You keep pushing the TNT title to have weekly matches. On Rampage, they very often have tag team title matches. I don't think the titles have ever changed hands on Rampage, but pretty much weekly, there are tag title matches. FTR could be putting on a clinic with every team. Mm -hmm. They very well could be. And let them have a long-ass reign. Or Red Dragon. I don't care. I'm saying that you could very well be doing this the right way, but right now, your tag team title division or your picture, this past Friday was Jurassic Park versus The Dark Order. We knew that John Silver and Alex Reynolds were not going to win the titles. It was stupid Mm -hmm. to me. I'm going to give you all of your credit when the credit's deserved, but this is not your tag division has not been the right uh, focus as of late. But don't worry, Cody gets his time on TV. Anyway, um, (laughs) let's talk about Royal Rumble. Now, you're probably noticing how I put it in the notes. I think this is what we should just call them from now on. They want to give them the middle name of it. 
That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> so, freaking defeated Roman Reigns by DQ. Roman beat the piss out of him with a chair. Um, all a great throwback to the Shield. I think it's a great storyline. Yeah. Well, freaking the opener. Yeah, he wore the yes. he wore the vest and he came out to the music. Yeah. I popped myself. The crowd I thought was booing, and I had to go back and hear it. They were like, "Oh, near Sierra Hotel." And the guy go, "Ooh, no shit, man!" I was like, "That was great." I wasn't ready for that. Um, good moment. It, it, people are saying, "Well, that's bullshit." That it that they ended on a DQ. I'm actually okay with it. I, I you know, it, I, I for some reason I'm okay with it because it it played into their chair shot storyline, and he even hit. Seth in the back. Seth dropped to his knees the exact same way yep. Roman did. I was like, nah, man, to me, that was perfect. I thought it was it was great how they did it. Um, The kickoff show said your opening match was going to be Lashley and Lesnar. They said it. And then all of a sudden, Roman's music hit. And I go, what? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they made it on the fly because, think about it, if they had planned to have Lashley and Lesnar first and what happened happened then why wouldn't uh lesnar just respond the same way so i think they purposely did what they did so um obviously i'm saying things like people didn't really know this shit but yeah anyway uh we all had a feeling what it was uh all right directly before not directly maybe like four or five hours before the pay-per-view nightwing myself and you were all in the text with each other and you and I nailed it 100% dead on on who the winners were for both Rumbles. We said, this is what's going to happen, spot on. I wanted Rock, right? I said, look, I want you to be right. Oh, absolutely. I actually do, because it's the chief, the Tribal Chief storyline, it would have worked perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. They didn't do it. I had hopes when number 30 hit. Um, but Ronda Rousey comes out. Bro, worse than ever. She threw punches like Shane McMahon. She looked like she's never thrown a punch in her life. Yeah. And she was dressed like uh, she had a worse outfit than Blue Tista. I had a thought about that. And it's funny because I read an interview where she said it's the, and I may get the wording wrong. You know me. I, 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 I did don't, I do not do well at school sometimes. Uh, post, what is it after you had to have a kid? Post- Postpartum? postpartum and i was like i think she had to wear all that stuff in case she had leaky tits <laughs> okay no it wasn't even like it was just weird it was the sleeves she had like it was, just, it really they were was just weird. they were just kind of looked half with ufc yeah it it looked half ufc half i want to be home in my snuggie <clears throat> yeah pretty much it looked like she just got off the couch drinking a box of wine she looked like she got done crying before she got in there. She already had the black makeup already kind of smearing. Uh, she can't keep a straight face. Tries to do the heel thing and just has to keep doing the the smile. Dude, her... Did you see her have Rhea Ripley in the corner? She was trying to, like, give her an elbow to the corner, looking like she was down on the bottom and, like, pushing her with her elbow. I was like, yo, she, this is... it. Like, you just said, like, she came off the couch... She has not done one wrestling move since WrestleMania 35. Yeah. It was horrible. But, yeah, she comes in and wins. And I want you and I to go through our predictions in a couple of minutes when we're done with this. But uh, women's surprises, 
we knew that you know Mickey James was going to be there, but one of the best pops when she lifted the Impact title in the air, crowd went nuts. Absolutely, that was a cool moment. Yeah, and they even said it. I uh, <laughs> I loved Ivory with the microphone and being thrown out by Rhea Ripley. <laughs> She's like, "You ladies, ladies." <laughs> It was a good moment. It was. Uh, you may not know this or catch this, and you know we'll get into it a little more in a couple of weeks uh, for our top topic, and I'll get into that later. But we've talked about Best of the West, but we've also talked about Hood Slam, which is in Oakland, California, right? And that's where people like Shotzi and, and a lot of the wrestlers are, are from. They have what they call the Hood Slam salute, basically. And what they do is, and I've seen a lot of them do it, but it's you—it's almost like uh, you're holding a teacup, right? With just your your thumb and your pointer finger, but it's right at your eyebrow. That's all you do. You just kind of do that, and it's kind of like tipping your cap, right? Is that is that make sense? Kind of yeah. how I'm describing it. Since I'm saying it to you, but I'm saying am I describing it, it, it correctly for right. someone so to hear? Right. So people that are listening as you're watching, you. yes, yes, absolutely, yes, yeah, that makes sense. After Lita knocks down Shotzi. Right before the camera pans, Lita bends down, gives her the old hood slam salute. Oh, shit. And a lot of the hood slam people kind of, they turned it into, someone turned it into a gif and they kind of, it made its rounds. And I was like, dope. I'm like, good for her, man. I'm like, because either she's, you know, been to there or just wants to pay homage for someone's background. Either way, it was a shout out to an entire promotion and mm-hmm. people who were, I just thought it was a real cool moment. I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, Molly Holly being thrown out and beat up by Nikki Ashhole. That thought that was pretty cool. Other than that, mm, women's rumble was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Oh, Melina. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. She comes in waves, cries. Bye bye. Thrown out. Yep. That was it. I was like, well, that was a waste. She spent more time. <laughs> Did you notice how long the camera was panned on Sasha? Melina was trying to take off her jacket, and then it was on Sasha. Then it was on the crowd, back on Sasha. And I go, <laughs> she can't get her jacket off. <laughs> <laughs> I just love moments like that. So other than that, I really don't have anything for the uh, the women's rumble unless you do. No. Like you said, it, was, uh, it, it shows how devoid their uh... – Sarah Logan came back. I thought that was cool. I kind of uh, wish her and Liv Morgan would have had a moment in the ring. They did. But it wasn't until they were, nope, not really in the ring. They kind of just glanced at each other, got their asses kicked, oh, and that was true. it. that's true, yeah. It was more on the outside. Yeah. Hey, man, not just because I have her in the the draft. Well, definitely because I had her in the draft. But I was really pushing for Liv because I was like, wow, she is really staying in there. I'm like, are they going to have her go to the end? And then... Sarah Logan gets thrown out, and then so does Liv Morgan. The Bella Twins, Ugh. equally as shitty as ever. But Brie got a good pop. Yeah, it, it shows, well, because, yeah, uh, they were actually just tra- oh, her Ryan. husband's oh, name. Ryan exactly. Um, it just shows how weak their, uh, I don't want to say weak, it's just how limited their women's roster has become because they have to really stretch to get people to show up. You know what I mean? Great, because we're going to get into that when we talk the main event. Yeah. Um, so... As Becky Lynch is defending your title versus Dewdrop, it is now hit social media that the WrestleMania sign apparently catches fire a little bit <laughs> and melts a little with the plastic. And I was like, 
<laughs> Yo, that's just not a sign of everything to come about WWE. Wait, wait. As good as, as it gets. Good as it What's gets. What's great. <laughs> and Nightwing was like, wow, you guys are really hitting us. Because we were pushing it on the side texting. And we just kept writing, yep, as good as it gets. Because it makes sense for, like, everything that happened. Um, Becky Lynch and Dewdrop was just a disaster. I hate every time Becky got a two count or a one count, the over-exaggerated, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's it? That was a two? Are you kidding me? She keeps rubbing her face and the worst the worst I've very, ever seen. Very funny you say that. So, you know what? We'll half give into the predictions right now, since we've just talked about all the women's matches. Um, it was you would assume Rousey Lynch. It's the singles match we never got, right? And now it's rumored. And, and now here's the thing: everybody knows that we record on Monday. So tonight, Rousey is supposed to be giving her. Uh, speech maybe as to who she wants to go after. So <laughs> I thought I was okay with Lynch, but after seeing just that, she's not good, man. She's nowhere near as good as, as she was said to be when she was just over with her promos. It's now rumored to be Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. I'm fine with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd, I'd rather see them again. I thought they put on a really good match at that Survivor Series right before that, the one where Charlotte replaced Becky Lynch. My luck, our luck, it's going to be another women's main event, Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch 2. Once in a lifetime, times two. <laughs> um, I did see a funny thing, and I just it was kind of a funny meme, and maybe it's wrong but I'm not the one that created it but I thought it was kind of funny and I wanted to share this with you on the air if Dewdrop was around in the Attitude Era Vince would have named her OB City oh god yeah yep there it is uh, I thought it was actually kind of, oh come on you know he would have, though. That's the whole point, yeah, is that no, that's what would have, yeah. Vince would have done. That's my point. But at the same point, I thought it was, whatever, you're a dick. All right. Um, chalk one up. Another one for the good guys. The professor and the doctor, we know what we are talking about. ODM, he made his prediction that Lance Archer was going to make his return. And just one week ago. I wish I could tell you the exact time at the show. I thought that would have been great, but I had no time to look back and see what it was. But I predicted not only was Bobby Bobby Lashley going to win the title, he was going to do it from help of Roman Reigns. He was going to screw over Brock Lesnar. And I said that Brock Lesnar would turn around and just win the Royal Rumble. Swish. Nailed it. God, I'm good. Nailed it. Damn, that was good. Even as it happened, as soon as I saw Roman, what did I? I just texted to you guys like a bunch of ha ha ha. I'm really disappointed in this match because I was hoping it would be more of a shoot style, and it kind of was at I first, agree. but it didn't go there. So I Submission, did like, but not really the shoot. I I was yeah, hoping for a couple more hits, more hits, even some more grappling. I did like the beginning, you know, Brock uh, German suplexes him, and Lashley just no sells it. You know, oh man! As and, soon as he stood up, I go, oh! and he and did then, it a couple when, times. When he, 
when he speared him twice, I go, oh, my God, we're getting Goldberg and Lesnar again. This is what happened. And I was like, is this what? I'm like, so basically you can't fight off a spear. Okay. Yeah, right. Just Romans. Um, But the twist that I didn't expect, mm. Paul Heyman realigns with Roman. It was that all along just to screw Brock Lesnar because he hands him the title and leaves with Roman. thought that was pretty good. I didn't expect that part. It was. Um. Then you had to have a cool-down match. Perfect timing to do your mixed tag team match because no one cared about it. And that match was Edge and Maurice versus Beth Phoenix and Edge. I loved both entrances because they were different from each other. You right. Know, one all in red and then them all in black and looking rock star-like coming out to Edge's music doing their poses together where she does her glamazon pose and he yeah. does his horns in the air while the fireworks go off. I just loved all of it. And then they win with her move. They won with a glam slam. And I was like, dude, good for edge. That's an awesome nod to your wife. You don't have to win with your shit every time. How about, how about we win with your shit? Okay. <laughs> That's I just, you know, it's not, everybody's going to be that selfless, I guess. And yeah. I, I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're married, but you know what I'm saying. It was what it was. Yeah. You know, maybe we just have different opinions on this pay per view, and I can't wait to get to the end of this because <laughs> it, we're we're gonna get there. All right. Uh, as I already alluded to, Brock Lesnar in the main event wins the Royal Rumble, comes in at number thirty. All right, let's talk about some highs, some lows, some funny parts. Um, something I wrote down at the very end of this pay per view. I'm glad I could just laugh at this these days. If this was all we had and there was no AEW, I would probably be like some of the the IWC and be punching myself in the eyes and be like, <laughs> I hate this. You know what I mean? But yep. maybe I could just laugh at it these days and go, <laughs> you silly bastards. It's as good as it gets. Um, yeah, as good as it gets. And so speaking of, uh, I got to say some, some, like I said, highs and lows. I loved that it was Nakamura and AJ in the beginning. Yes. I thought that was really cool. That was awesome. And I was like, oh, man, a nice little throwback to WrestleMania 34. It was a good – it's funny. They're like, uh, he's your, uh, he's your uh, SmackDown Intercontinental Champion. I'm like, he hasn't even defended that thing since yeah. last year's he's WrestleMania. Been out. I don't even, he's been out for yeah. like a month or something. Any other belt would have been uh, stripped. Yep. So – Bobby Roode, or now completely dubbed Bob Roode. They just keep calling him Bob Roode. I was like, all right, we need rights on that shit. Go back to our show. That's been in there since the beginning of season two in our intro. All I can hear every time he said it in my head, Bob Roode. Same here. And I was like, you know what? We could get rid of it from the intro because now I'm like, well, that's his name. And it sounds like we're touting for him. I go, no, 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 no. We said it first, motherfucker. Yeah, we can prove it. Um... I am glad that karma caught up with Kofi Kingston. That was awesome. Yes. Because, dude, how many times can you do this shit? All right. The one when you were thrown so far that you landed on the announce table and you hopped back with a chair. I'm going to give you it. That was kind of cool. Right. The time that you did land on a barricade and you jumped from the barricade to the steps back. Okay. Pancakes was stupid. And then landing completely on your back, but the only thing touching the steps was your toes. And they were like, no, 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 no. Kiss my ass. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So 
I'm so glad. And as soon as it happened, tell me, did you see it right away before the ref even walked oh, over? I saw it right away, and the ref, you could tell the Clear ref. as day. The ref had to keep going back to him and be like, bro, you, you missed it. You got to Yeah, bounce. you got to come down. He's like, <laughs> he's still holding on, and they're like, no, 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 look it. In the production truck, they're saying it was fucking clear as day. Your feet touched. Everybody <laughs> see it. Owens was like, his feet touched. I was like, good for you, man. Um, Even if you go back and watch it, the ref from afar goes – uh, he kind of like waves his arms. He's like, shit. Like everyone saw it, man. In the way Kofi held on. But look at Pat McAfee sold it. He kept saying, he's like, ah, but he hit it. He hit his ribs pretty hard. He couldn't hold on. I was like, good, good for you. And Kofi put out a tweet saying, you know, if you don't try, you know, you don't push yourself, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Who no, cares? no, 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 no. This is a sign. Stop doing stupid shit. You aim to try to get eliminated to do something fun, then try to win the Royal Rumble. Just concept. I don't know. Just whatever. You have to just. I. I don't think I've ever seen him try to throw anybody over the top rope. Yeah, ever. I don't know. <laughs> but Johnny Knoxville. Now, as much as I hate this, all right. First of all, you and I both know we barely watch this shit anymore because mm-hmm. it's yeah shit. I didn't know that they changed Sami Zayn's music a bit to where it was a little grungier. Yeah, I, I like noticed it. that. Yeah, and fits him. It fits him so well. I love his character. Um, Johnny Knoxville comes out with Wee Man. Uh, oh God, I can't Preston. remember. Preston. Yep. Yep. And then some other guy I've never seen before. Yeah. New guy. And here I thought, all right, Jesus, this is dumb. Why are we giving this away? You know, like, in, just to promote a movie. I forgot all the way up until the moment that he got in the ring. It's Johnny Knoxville. He can take some some beatings, and he's gonna. And, you know, he, he goes after and beats the shit out of Sami Zayn right away because they had a, a feud going on. AJ Styles goes, God, man, take one. <laughs> Dude, the forearm hit to AJ yeah. made a pop sound. Even AJ was like, wow. And it was funny because Knoxville goes, was it good? Was it all right? <laughs> like that. But he's like, that's all right. And he goes, yep. And then pop, 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 pop. Hit him with, like, seven hits in less than two seconds. And they were all hits, man. Like, you could hear every one of the hits hitting Johnny Knoxville. I don't care. Everybody says, "Ah, well, you can fake it. No, no, no. Take even the slightest tap to your arm, right? It doesn't make that kind of sound. With those hits, the way he AJ was actually hitting him was real. The only thing that sucked was the private party prophet whatever his fucking name is he did a splash to his knees oh yeah he splashed johnny knoxville's knees yeah. i was like eh but knoxville did better than i anticipated okay again as good as it gets and i can laugh at <laughs> as good as it gets did you know that just a couple of hits of steroids and you could be resurrected like freddie mercury Apparently, Bro, when did Rick, when did Boogs cut his hair? Don't know. And go completely Freddie Mercury. Don't know even like one hundred when he came out. I go holy shit. Even the even uh McAfee said it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I just I but I gotta say I was actually impressed with him and. Who's the guy that was wearing just the red jock strap with suspenders? Uh, oh, uh, Madcap Moss. Madcap Moss, yeah. We'll get into all of this in a couple of minutes. 
Um, I, I think that's pretty much all I had here on my list for, yeah, Kofi's comment. Anything else you have for the Royal Rumble from that match? Uh, disappointed that, uh, well, there's a few people that were disappointed that weren't in there. Uh, uh, I really thought Corey Graves was going to be there because he wasn't on mm-hmm. commentary. I thought he was going to be there, so that was a bummer. Um, I mean, do you want to just go right into it? or I mean, because... Well, let me say this, you know... We'll get into some of the people that were in there. Okay. So you had Knoxville, and you had Shane McMahon. Oh, Jesus Christ. Other than that, we did not really have surprises. No. For the first time, and people are like, oh, it's bullshit. I saw a kid online take a selfie of himself as he was leaving. He goes, crowd was mad. There weren't that many surprises in the men's rumble. Yo, the whole point is to win the Rumble and go on to WrestleMania. Do you want to see DDP go and be in the headlining of WrestleMania? You'd be so fucking mad if he won. Well, it's more about, you know, if you're going to, if you know, a surprise is, because a surprise can be somebody that comes back as a legitimate contender. It doesn't have to be just a legend. But they bring back doink. They yeah, bring yes. back stupid shit. Yes, this is true. This Non-contenders is, true. Yep. is my point. Absolutely. So it makes no sense. Yep. You don't need to do it. So I was absolutely, like, look, it was okay for the Women's Rumble because they don't have any wrestlers. However, um, on a in a given day a couple of years ago, if they had, you know, a full roster the way they had with NXT and Raw and SmackDown, if I saw Molly Holly get in there, I'd have been like, why? Why? Are we going to see Charlotte versus Molly Holly at the, at the WrestleMania this year? No. Right. Yeah, I'm enough. just that maybe I'm just that guy. The whole point is to win and do that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I I'm okay with the once in a while, but when it's dependent every year, it's just a continuous joke. And the rumble means jack shit. Mm-hmm. So for people to say this was the worst rumble of all time. No, 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 no. You may not have checked in to watch number, uh, or 2015 when that whole debacle went down and not even Dwayne Johnson could save it at the end. Yeah. So, morale was said to be low backstage because of someone like Shane. Not only was he the number 28 spot 28, or something like that. I believe, yes. He was also the producer of the match. So, he's running the producing of the match. Jumps Ugh. in, is a part of this. Finn Balor, nowhere to be seen. Cesaro, who was in a tremendous match with uh, both Seth Rollins and a feud with Roman Reigns. All that earlier this year? Nada. Not even a thing. Um, I mean, I'm, I, but again, I'm okay with Madcap Moss. He he showed me he's a pretty big guy. Same, you know, I kind of like, hey, oh my God, at one point when Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin were starting to throw people out of the ring left, left and right, I go, oh my God, it's 2015, it's Big Show and Kane, but it's Corbin and Madcap and people are really going to turn. <laughs> they didn't last long, but... I don't know, man. I mean, if do you think it was that bad? I thought it was whole show, cool. top to bottom, and the and the rumble itself. Go ahead. Yeah, I I didn't think it was much of a show. Uh, Roman and uh, Seth, I think, were probably the best match of the night. Is, oh, they, they, by they, far. They, yeah, they they it was one. It was a good match. Obviously, there were shenanigans, but ultimately, you know, Seth, you know, just screwing with Roman with the whole shield thing. I thought it was great psychology, and I hate what Seth Rollins is currently on the roster, but uh, that night it worked out well. Um, I am, you know what, you just brought up but the, the Shield thing, I'm not going to lie. 
right when Roman could have like tried to cover him, and he puts up the fish shield and just starts laughing. Oh my god! Like, oh that was so god great. damn, that was awesome. Because yep. then Roman just sits there and stares, and it's like, gotcha. I was like, oh, that was just—it was perfect, man. I, I loved how they did all this. Yep, yep. That 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 was fantastic. That definitely was the moment of the night. Uh, the women's rumble again, you know. You know, the whole Nikki Ash Boo. thing. It was just, it, it wasn't that great. And and Ronda, like, it wasn't a surprise. We knew it was going to happen. And she didn't even look like she kind of wanted to be there. It just, it, it didn't do it for me. Uh, Lynch and Drop again, it was just a clash of styles. And I don't think either one of them has style, so it just didn't work well. Lashley, Lesnar, um, it was the lazy way to get to Brock versus Roman after everything happened. Uh, and it's not the match that we wanted because we wanted this for a while. Uh, again, you know, Edge and Beth uh, versus Miz and Maurice. Who gives a shit? And the men's rumble was just absolutely lackluster. They were missing stars. It was, again, you had two matches that on a card that were the lazy way to get Brock versus Roman. Um, I just don't think it was that great of a show. Chicken Nuggets helped, but, yeah, wasn't a fan. Maybe that's what it was. I was like, God damn, this is getting better per nugget. But let me ask you, when, you know, going back to last year, you did not like Edge winning the Rumble. We did not like Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens' match. A lot of last year was dog shit. And we, and I should know because we watched 80 to 90% of the show with each other, only recorded so much, but it was pretty bad. This one I thought was better than last year. Just maybe that's because I was coming off of last year. Um, the year before, where Lesnar beat the living piss out of everybody for the first half, was awesome, and then Drew came in. Drew, see, I kind of like that. That was a throwback. Lesnar got his revenge at the end. <clears throat> yep, yep. Bad Bunny. Oh yeah, there's actually, that too. there's your surprise. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. You know. Someone put this out there. I'm going to give this to you. All right, in a couple of weeks, it, it, we're, our top topic, we're going to be talking about the production side of wrestling, and we're going to be talking with our old friends from Best of the West. Their world champion, Johnny Butabi, big leaguer Johnny Butabi, said, I'm predicting right now a match at WrestleMania, and it will be better than most. And I was like, God damn it, he's right. You've never had two celebrities face each other. Pat McAfee versus Bad Bunny. And I bet you that match will probably be better than 90% of WrestleMania this year. Yeah, maybe. I'm just saying. We saw Pat have a great match with uh, Adam Cole. Right, but that... Bad Bunny can... Well, that was Adam Cole, right? But these two guys together, I think... Give them a, a ring out somewhere, you know, and, and practice some shit out. I think they could put on a decent match, a 10, 15-minute match. I'm not saying they got to have an Iron Man. Pass. Although that would be fun. Pass. 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 Next. As good um, as it gets. Fair enough. And it was because that's how it ended with, uh, again, Brock Lesnar winning, and people are pissed off about it. I will say, man, for a solid year or more, Roman is still the best thing going in the company. Yeah. I mean, much. think about it. Him and Seth. Even his matches with the the Uso. Uh, which one? Was it Jimmy that he or Jay? Which one did he have a feud with while the other one was out? I keep forgetting. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jay Uso. Jay Uso was the one that he had. Because Jay Uso ended up winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal the following mm-hmm. year. But he went on 
and they had a Hell in a Cell match, and it was all that stuff. I mean, there was some good drama shit. And then he had Cesaro. Then he had, and before that, he had Edge and Daniel Bryan. He's actually had some really good storylines. He's been the best part of WWE. I would shift him over to Raw if you want to, but I guess you need to have him on SmackDown. Maybe it's time to merge both titles. And I would drop Raw down from three to two hours. Long most definitely. overdue for or both even of one those hour. things. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, so other uh, bits of news here. Daniel Garcia wins the PWG 2022 BOLA, which is the Battles of Los Angeles. Uh, and I guess there, uh, a guy got shifted to the emergency room. Leo Rush got hurt there, which he just said that he was, you know, not resigning with uh, AEW. Right. He's not catching a break. Yeah, no shit. And as of earlier today's recording, Ring of Honor, or Ring of Honor announces their first inductees uh, to the Hall of Fame. And when they said inductees, everyone's like, man, it could be Danielson. You got Joe, Nigel, even Tyler Black, you know, Seth Rollins. Nah, man. You go with the ones that never left. The Zzz was the Briscoes. Excellent. Excellent choice. They are going to be the first inductees into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. No brainer. Awesome. No brainer. Yeah. But like I said, my mind even went to every single person in the world. I was like, well, Joe, I mean, he was their first main champ for a long time. Yada, yada, yada. You know, I was like, well, no. As soon as they said Briscoe's, I go, duh. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, go ahead, tell me, what happened this, uh, this past week for AEW? All right, well, apparently Beach Break makes it a gimmick show and you get more points for it. I swear to God, they're fucking collusion, colluding over there trying to figure it out how to get uh, Tiger Queen uh, some extra points there. But be that as Marks. it may. Yeah. Tiger Queen. Oh, my God, like Tiger Queen. Oh, my God, why have I ever said that? Tiger Queen. Yeah. Oh. And you could even go the Rocket Queen route for, uh, for Guns N' Roses. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I thought you meant like Rocket Queen, like Rocket Man, like Elton John, and no. I was like, oh, well, we'll, we'll play with it this all works. one. We'll workshop it. Sure. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's you just dynamite. Can work on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's still just dynamite. They're just calling it Beach Break. So anyway, uh, we get Sammy Guevara, Guevara and uh, Cody Rhodes in the ladder match for the unification of the TNT title, or the decision on who's the post term champ instead of the interim champ i don't know anyway there were some good spots in it it was a really solid match uh, the cutter off the ladder was pretty nice i like that uh but cutter yeah. was the best moment of the match yeah definitely um yeah sammy uh wins uh takes down the belt was that he... ladder supposed to break the head uh cody was laying out when I, he did the swan time uh, yeah i don't know it was... dude you cannot tell me sammy was not hurting from that because the way his body took a jerk from that like his like his right middle of his spine hits and then just goes whoosh, like flipping right towards the the mat facing him on the ground i don't know that just looked like a very hard spot that didn't go the way it should have and you see a lot of people and even in, in one of our chat logs people were like i think that ladder was too close i'm like no i don't think the ladder was too close i think that was just a very very sturdy ladder that cody was laying on because right. i don't know if it was any farther he could have mistimed. I don't know. I kind of like where he was at. I don't think it, like, some people just choose to go close. Yeah. I The only thing I didn't like about the match was there wasn't, they didn't really sell enough. 
Uh, you're taking all these massive moves, and, you know, two seconds later you're up and headed back to the ring. Like, come on. Sell yeah. a little bit, you know. And don't forget, and... you had to get your magnifying glass because some of the match was picture in picture. Oh, yeah. That, Why wouldn't a... that ladder match be? Oh, it's another thing they got to stop. Anyway, uh, and we get Wardlow uh, taking on a couple jobbers. Uh, I'm sure you can figure out how that worked out. Um, so we got Jericho Santana and Ortiz defeating Garcia in 2.0. Uh, and it seems like there might be a little bit of dissension going on there. Uh, oh, not even might be. Yeah. There was. So if you watch from the very beginning all the way to the end of the match, you hear din, 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 din. Jericho comes out. He's playing to the fans. Yeah, baby. Right at the, at the top. Dude, Santana and Ortiz just beeline to the ring. Like, they were heading to get into a bar fight that someone just called them and said, yo, we're being jumped. They just walked right to the ring, heads down. And I was like, interesting. And then Jericho gets ready to get in the match. Santana tags himself in. And then it continues where they is Santana Ortiz, Santana Ortiz. They aren't even tagging in Jericho. And then Jericho has to tag himself in. Becomes all this, you know crap going on but if you watch all the way at the very end after Santana gets the pin it was because of Jericho's Judas effect but Jericho leaves the only people standing up and facing the ramp are Santana and Ortiz they pan to Jericho and he is flipping them off at first I was like is that Garcia is that 2.0 and the only ones looking back at him were Santana and Ortiz I go ooh Look, I mean, the, the, Kingston said to yep. Jericho, the only reason these guys have not been anywhere near the tag titles or ever been tag champions is because of you. And Santana and Ortiz said, you're right. We keep fighting your battles. Look at everything that Jericho's been in. With Moxley, fought the battles. With uh, Pinnacle, fought the battles. We haven't seen them in a tag title match mm-hmm. in I don't even know how long. They fought with best friends and all that stupid shit. We have not seen them in a tag title picture in forever. You want to talk about people who could just take the tag titles and go? There you go. We can stop talking about FTR if they're not going to put them on them now. Put them on Santana Ortiz. Seriously, yeah. I think bring back the old LAX. Mm-hmm. Well, old, new. N- yeah. The old, old LAX was Homicide and Hernandez. Right, but right, right, right. the newer version was those guys, and they were pretty aligned with Eddie Kingston, and I'm okay with this. And not just heritage-wise, it just makes sense. Gritty fighters, man. Fighters, not just necessarily that they're wrestlers, they're fighters. I'm I'm all for it. Absolutely. So I just personally think people are like, oh, I don't want to see. Actually, what culture just did it? They were like, storylines that should be abandoned by AEW right away. One of them was that the the, the Powerbomb Symphony should go away. I go, that's no one of the most like wanted things right now. Yeah, are, absolutely. Do you guys not know what you're talking about? Well, they, they don't. they follow up and say Kingston, right. Well, then Kingston and Jericho, they're like, this should be abandoned. I go, this is perfect to get uh, PMP away from the inner circle. Absolutely. And then Sammy's already off been doing his own thing. I don't even know where the fuck Jake Hager is anymore. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> perfect. Perfect ascension. Yep. And you have a new crew in your new LAX or whatever you want to call them with the trio of those guys. Mm-hmm. Damn. 
Just think about those. They've already been doing matches together anyway, so it's been it would be perfect. Yeah, and Kingston doesn't even have to wrestle. He could just be their manager if he needs to, but he can wrestle if he needs to. You know what I'm saying? It's You're right. It's perfect. And they can keep the breakup with Jericho short and sweet. Yeah. yeah they don't we're have only to break it from, out. From this recording, we're about 33 days away from Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why do I know? Because <laughs> I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I, it looks like we're probably going to get Jericho and Kingston, I would assume. Yeah, actually, uh, Kingston's out. Kingston's dealing with an injury. I think he'll be back in time for this. You think so? They're pushing this way too much. Yeah, it could just be Hager and Jericho versus Proud and Powerful. Yeah, don't put it past him. I'd rather just see Santana versus Jericho. And Ortiz just keep running around the ring and saying they're the best. The best! The best! (laughs) So... We know we're obviously building towards Punk and MJF, but I don't... All right, what's your take? So you have the promo. Punk comes out ready to fight. And the arena is pretty memorable for where they're at because the arena is exactly... Oh, first of all, let's fucking talk about this. Where was this? Dayton, Ohio? Something Ohio? Yeah, something like that. In January, you had a beach break there? All right. Anyway, so <clears throat> Punk comes out to fight, and MJF calls out the obvious. You were supposed to be here at this place seven years ago, and you punked out on these people, basically. Uh... And and MJF says, you want it? You guys want the match? I go, who's next? I mean, he went through Wardlow. He went through Spears. <laughs> Wardlow again. Right? And he goes, you want it? You want it? He goes, it's CM Punk verse. I go, Okay, maybe we're going to have a new Pinnacle member. Me, next week in Chicago, MJF. I go, oh, no, there's no fucking way this match is happening in Chicago. No, no. There is no way it's happening. I think Punk is to the ring. MJF gets out there. Ding, ding, ding. Pinnacle beatdown all at once. They, he never even gets a chance. Something. There's no way that they even get into a match or even before the bell rings. This Probably has got to go to the pay-per-view. Yeah, it should How do you really the pull the trigger on a dynamite in Chicago? You can. But do you really want to go to picture-in-picture during the middle of one of the most anticipated matches in probably, I don't know, how many years? You know, so eh, something's going to happen tonight. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it's got to extend somehow. Uh, don't give it away for free on TV. And not even to just do like no. some shitty angle. Let, let it. It's been burning nice so far. Let's keep it going. Well, and then they did beat him down, Pinnacle. Mm. And what's funny about it is that, did you notice how MJF sat on Punk's chest? Do you know who that is? You know who else sits on someone's chest? Yokozuna? Kenta. (laughs) Yokozuna's a really fucking funny one. That was really, really well-timed. I like that. Kenta. Kenta, yeah. He sits on it. Like, Like, when he was in a feud with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Sits on his uh, chest. Maybe go to sleep. Holding the, like the go to sleep reference, maybe. What if he, I'm just saying because he sat on his chest, what if, what, uh, he had a broken nose at the last pay-per-view with Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know, I'm just saying, what if, oh, I'm injured tonight, here's my replacement, Kenta comes in. I'm just saying, because it's not the first yeah. time Kenta's been on Dynamite. Pretty fucking thing. I'm not your friend. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> 
That was a good one. All right, what else happened on Dynamite? All right, well, we had uh, legit Layla Hirsch defeating Red Velvet. Um, uh, Layla Hirsch turned on him, uh, what, like a week ago? Uh, they did a, a mm-hmm. quick backstage pro- promo with uh, the two of them and uh, Chris Statlander, and you could tell that they were already teasing. Uh, it was really weak. Nobody cares. Uh, Hirsch looks uh, good in the ring, uh, just not much to her persona. So we'll see uh, where this goes. It's it's the, um, what do you call it, the horsewoman kind of fight-looking thing, man. She's just there to you know put her t- ponytail up, put on some uh, tape up her fist, and just fight. That's what it, it reminds me of. It's their Shayna Baszler or Sony Deville right now in yeah. AEW. How hair she up comes and square out ready up. to fight. Hair up and square up. Hey, man, I was pretty close. I said she was going to be in yeah. the Rumble. But yeah. I also said she was going to win it, so I can't put myself in that prediction there. Yeah, and they're keeping the Naomi feud going, too. So there you go. Uh, all right. So uh, we get a Britt Baker promo. Uh, kind of Dope. <laughs> She's awesome. Dude, she kept bringing up how her Steelers beat the piss out of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. But then also came out with the towel, which I thought was great. The crowd started chanting let's go Cleveland or I don't know, fuck Roethlisberger. I, whatever they were saying, I don't know, but they were trying to hit a hard chant. She didn't stutter, didn't break or anything. I cannot believe where she has come in about two years time from talking about her. But that promo right there, I go, she's gold. She is forever gold on the mic, man. She, I don't think she could be broken. I think yeah. she's, you know who she's as good as on the mic right now? Alexa Bliss. I'm not saying she's like the best of all time, right? I'm saying like she's good. Right. Alexa Bliss can get out there. The crowd tries to fuck with her. Well, she pulls it right back and, and and she knows how to work a crowd. I think people like Sasha Banks, it's an act or doesn't, I, I think she's not as good. Or your Beckys and your Charlottes, right? Everybody's meh. Yeah. Britt Baker that makes sense to me. is solid and I, I think so. Is, yeah, I just. The way she was on that mic, and no one could even, she like I said, no one even could mess her up at all. They were trying to fuck with her. She kept bringing it back to mess around with the, with their uh, quarterback, and then talked about all of her accolades being a, was it the PWI Women of the Year wrestler? If I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. They won a what do you call it? A AEW won a ton of awards. Uh, yeah, big surprise. Rightfully so. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I called the final on this one. Yeah. I, I, I'm i done with it. And unsanctioned lights out <laughs> match. Cassidy defeated Adam Cole. We we don't need this. I I really want to like Cassidy, but I want to like him in the right role, and that's not fighting people like Adam Cole. You know what I mean? I The only way I will ever take Orange Cassidy serious is he has to one day we all keep thinking it's Trent he has to turn and just go absolutely ape shit and I'm not saying go the festus role but every time the bell rings he just hurts someone right whatever the role is I'll take him serious then right now I don't know it's he's that match was Santino Morella beating Adam Cole yeah yeah yeah, exactly it, it, what I would it, refer to that as. That's that's why I'm saying I, I I wouldn't mind him on you know a recurring role on Dark or Elevation, or even on Dynamite just with some lower level talent. You know, 
but mm-hmm. not in these high-profile matches. I don't get it. He he's a circus act. I don't want that as a, you know, that's the. Appetizer. It would have been fine if Adam Cole won. Maybe that would have been the difference. If Adam Cole won, we'd be like, okay, this feud is over. We can kiss goodbye. Yes. But the fact that Orange Cassidy won, I was like. So what you're telling me is now that he just beat him, Adam Cole, who was ranked number one, just got pushed down. Is our next match Adam Page going to be versus Orange Cassidy? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's weird. Speaking of two weeks from, no, one week from tonight, we're going to be getting a Texas death match. And it is Lance Archer challenging for the AEW world title. Did you see the promo? They made Adam Page look like a pussy. Really? He goes. I, I didn't see he goes. It. And Lance. He goes. Lance Archer. In two weeks, you and me for this title. You're gonna see what I mean when I mean cowboy shit or whatever the fuck. And the guy goes. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you heard in his promo. Uh, Lance Archer said it's going to be a Texas Death Match. And Page goes, a what? And gives a blank stare. And I go, pussy. Drop the title. You better be dropping the title on Dynamite. For you to do that right there, you should have been like, I don't care. The the Adam Page experiment has failed. Failed? Oh, my God. Yeah. I'd be better off seeing Virgil with the championship right now. And I'd be happy with Lance Archer uh, <laughs> winning the title because I've got him in the fantasy <laughs> league, so I'll take the points. Oh. But then who – yeah, but then you probably get a rematch at Revolution. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. What are you going to do, the Rocky Rocky three? He's Mr. T, beats the living shit out of Adam Page on Dynamite and comes back in a couple of weeks, and he did some pool reps with Apollo Creed, and all of a sudden he's back. (laughs) Maybe. You never know. with that reference. Yeah. Um, Pain. uh, Yeah. Well, and so the other thing is, let's talk about Rampage here. Moxley, good win over Anthony Bowens. And it is the second time we get Danielson posing and giving a look to Moxley. I think this is what I'm going to be getting at uh, Revolution. I may be really excited if that happens. Because like yeah. I said, I want something that is that awesome. My luck is something like that is going to be like a, a lights out on sanction match where they're going to be like running all over the arena and I'm not going to see half it unless I watch uh... the... Uh, the the Titan Tron, but it'll be all right. Um, but then you know, in a five star classic, Jurassic Express retain over the Dark Order. Yay! Yeah, hooray! So, yeah, well, so um, you know, we've we've had to get rid of some of our signs. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, and I'm getting ready to make some of the signs for when we do go to, uh, not we, when I go to AEW's Revolution, and the ones that have stayed so far. I think, unless you think they should go right now, and we'll just kind of list them. Bring back NWO Sting. So I think it's a solid one. If uh, if Sting is there that night in any form of a wrestling capacity, that one's got to go. Um, you know, it's hard out here for a mark. I could go away with that. I'm all right with it. Yeah. This is the top of wrestling. Obviously, Obviously. got to stay. This one's a. This one's coming with me. I left my RV for this because something's got to be bad. I'm sure something's <laughs> going to go wrong that I can hold that up for. If Brandy shows up, we riot. I may have to hold that all night. Boo this man. That's a, another solid one. Tiger. <laughs> Tiger Queen. Hearts Daniel Garcia. 
Flamingo Flares is greater than the Overcrew. This one I put in recently. Pay-per-views are greater than premium live events. I, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. And AEW needs Funny Bone. I think that could be kind of That's, fun. We'll find yeah. out. We'll, we'll... Right. So, yeah. so I, I've got one that I did not uh, put in there. All right. And uh, so it should be, it's not open mic night. Please, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or what is this, God. open mic night? No. You know what? I hope you're bringing something better to the table this week. <laughs> Just bring it, bitch! Oh, my gosh! All right. So, it's like Night of the Roxbury. Me, you, me, you, me, me first? Okay. I am about three-quarters of the way through. I'm not a slow reader. I'm just slow at getting around to things because uh, I just have a lot going on in life with work and, you know, the show. But I really highly recommend to anybody. It's like 20 bucks on on Prime. Uh, Mox. It's called Mox. Get his book. It is great. Um, just the stories. I may have already said this to you, but the flow of it is just random. It's just all over the place. Yeah. One minute he's in 96, next thing he's in 2016. And, you know, he talks about his night winning the title, the world title in WWE. And it's the same night that all three S.H.I.E.L.D. members held the championship at Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because Roman walked in, that. Seth wins a title, Moxley won earlier in the night, cashes in, wins. It was just, I was, was like, awesome. and he wrote, he wrote about it. And it's a lot of great moments in this. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there is one thing. It made its rounds that Renee Young is uh there's a topless photo of a photo of her in this book. Sure is. He, you know, put a black marker over it. It's basically if she was wearing like a a, a bathing suit. It's kind of like a bikini-looking bathing suit and you just know what Mox goes home to and hmm. good for him. Good for good him. Good for him. Mox, enjoy your wife. <laughs> <laughs> what do you bring to the table this week? All right. Well, I gotta tell you, man. Uh, I just got a cock ring. I think it's awesome. You ever use one? <laughs> <laughs> you should. Well, we can talk more about what? it in the DeLorean. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Or become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. Interesting story. B, did not know they sold them that big. And, oh, oh, shit, we're back. Hey, Monday Night Wars are here. 1997, 25 years ago. And, you know, I alluded to this earlier. 
One of the weirdest looking Raws to date because, you know, every time you generally have a Raw logo, at least. I don't think the ring even had a Raw logo. It looked like they recorded a straight-up live event. They said it was live. I'm not sure if it actually was or not. I would have, probably have to look into this one a little more. But it is in Toronto, Canada. Was it the Sky Dome? It was at the Sky Dome, yes. So, biggest venue for Raw to date as well. And, of course, Nitro is pretty much doing the same thing they've been doing for the last couple of weeks. But let's run down the Monday Night Warrior results. What happened? All right. Well, they announced this as a Royal Rumble Raw, and it's two hours. Uh, but, yeah, the video. not only did the ring look weird, the video quality and the audio quality was shit, too. It was really weird. I don't know. I know Toronto and Canada. The darkness for- of it, all I can ever say is if you've ever been to a live event, if you ever went to Rochester War Memorial or Blue Cross, whatever you want to call it, if, the, if it's not on TV, it's a lit ring, and then it's dark as shit. Mm-hmm. That's what this was. That's all it was. It was just odd. It was probably Vince not wanting them to see all the empty seats because they probably didn't fill the venue for a run. Mm. It's probably what it Vince was. Vince being Vince. Yep, he still does that today. Uh, all right, so yeah, so we get uh, Vader versus Austin to start. Uh, they... Show a quick recap of the finish to the Rumble. Uh, Brett comes out and attacks Austin. Vader goes after Brett. Brett gets escorted out of the ring, but Austin goes after him. And at one point, Austin hits the ref with a stunner, and him and Vader fight off to the back. So, kind of just pushing the storyline along there. Um, We get a spot for the Thursday Night Raw that's coming up on February 13th of 97. It's going to be a two-hour show as well. Sign Wait, I'm sorry. What would you just call it? Thursday Night Raw. No, 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 no. It's Thursday, Raw, Thursday. Okay. They say Thursday, Raw, Thursday like 75 times every time the commercial is played. It's Thursday, Raw, Thursday. I probably And one just... of the worst parts, <laughs> the worst part is Steve Austin, Thursday night is my favorite night of the week. <laughs> Not Monday where you work and get paid? Okay. <laughs> well, maybe that's why Thursday is his favorite. Um <laughs> Yeah, I probably just tuned it out because I was like, oh, that's the Raw that's on Thursday, so that's just what I wrote down. Uh, next, we get Flash Funk versus Savio Vega. Uh, Savio's making his way down to the ring with uh, the Nation of Domination, and JR just decides that's a good time to interview him, which he does. And uh, Vega gets the win after Flash misses a moonsault. Uh, after that, we get an in-ring interview between JR and Sid. Cutting his promo on HBK, uh, the line of the promo was, I will be standing the man! Okay, Sid. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Insightful words. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Next, we get Doc Hendricks on the Superstar line. Aware, oh, where have you gone, Yokozuna and Brian Pillman? Press option six to find out. Option seven, if you want to hear the part where Yoko ate Pillman. <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny because I've actually heard Cornette, weekly Cornette reference, uh, Cornette talk about this this time period. This is when they sent, this is like right after they sent Yokozuna to the fat farm at uh, Duke University, and he couldn't lose any weight. <laughs> that, like, did, this is not a joke. <laughs> it's a legit story. Hang on, yeah. hang on, hang on. I am, like, 90% sure they don't call it the fat farm. No, they don't. They certainly don't. Okay. <laughs> That's why I was laughing, dude. I was like, yo, so my line about how Dewdrop back in the day would have been OB City, OB, OBCD, 
and you're lying about ah, he was sent to the fat farm. Or well, is that Cornette's line? For, first of all, I, I have no idea. That's just the words that came to mind. You didn't come up with the <laughs> OB City joke, so I was booing that, not booing you. It's not on you. I'm just you see you booing me, man. I don't yeah, know. I know. And that's why well, you're making me bring a sign. Boo this man. Get... <laughs> you're going to make me hold it and look at it all night. <laughs> Inside jokes. They work all the time. Uh, next we get Owen and Bulldog backstage. They're defending their titles tonight. Uh, guess who they're defending them against? Wait, hang on, hang on. If I get it right... I get an ice cream. Lafon and Furnace. <laughs> Boom! There you go. Uh, you see they're still teasing the dissension between Owen and Bulldog. Uh, so we get their match. Uh, basically what happens is they uh, Owen and Bulldog are going for a double-team move, and it's supposed to be Lafon that gets thrown into Bulldog to get tossed over the top rope, but he reverses, and it's Owen that goes over. Uh, the best part, uh, Owen ends up getting counted out because it looks like he hurt his ankle, his knee. They keep saying back and forth. And then he just does a full-on sprint towards the back, and halfway he stops and starts selling again. It was funny. And it's funny because it was beautiful. And and then Bulldog comes over and goes, I thought you said you hurt. He goes, oh, it is, man. It's my knee. It really hurts. And Bulldog goes, oh, okay. And then just as Bulldog turns to go right through that entrance way to leave, he turns around, jumps up and down one more time with a woo, and then turns around to sell the knee again. Oh, that was great Owen stuff, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, as much as I didn't want to see this match or care about it, which is unfortunate because they're all great workers. So, you know, it really, you know, wasn't that bad of a match. It's just, you know, it's been kind of beaten to death lately. Well, I think it's a feud <laughs> that helps them push their dissension. Sure. That's how I'm looking at it, at yeah. least. Yeah, you just need some good workers to go against there. Uh, we, we got a Rumble recap. Uh, fo- focuses on Ahmed coming into the Rumble with the 2x4 uh, chasing off Farouk. Uh, and we see Ahmed's in the back cut, cutting a promo on Farouk. They've got a tag team match coming up. It's going to be uh, Ahmed and Undertaker versus Mankind and Farouk. And next we get Crush versus Goldust. Uh, Taker uh, confronts Ahmed, who's still in the back, and he just grabs his throat and... Him and Ahmed have some words, and all right, they're teaming up later. Uh, we get an ad for In Your House, which is coming up in two weeks. Uh, match is won by Crush after Savio interferes when the rest back is turned. Crush wins with the heart punch. I still hate that fucking move. So, you know, you referenced this. I've referenced this before. You know, you know we don't have a lot of free time. Uh, but, uh, you know, so sometimes it's hard to get caught up with this, and I tend to fast forward a little bit here and there. And I, oh, didn't, I hope you didn't. Uh, one of my favorite parts to this. Uh, the the blackjacks promo. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, it was just a weird one. I, I didn't I didn't catch that one. Uh, yeah, I, I was just like, oh, blackjacks, huh? All right. Uh, yep. So uh, we get Vincent Ring with uh, Shawn Michaels, basically talking about the belt bringing out the worst in the WWF superstars, himself included. It's funny that they're still calling themselves superstars this early on. Uh, you see Brett watching on the Jumbotron from the back, and he tells Brett, you can call yourself the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, but one thing you can't call yourself is the champ. And naturally, that causes Brett to come down. Ooh, sick yep. burn. Yep, sick burn. Uh, Austin Irks. <laughs> Brett says something like, because at one point, Sean had compared himself to Muhammad Ali because he was a hated man back in the day at first. Uh, and uh, Brett says, he said it weird. <laughs> he said you call Muhammad Ali, not so much. Dennis Rodman, maybe. Uh, so there was that. Austin he should have com- said, he should have been like, 
Muhammad Ali. <laughs> like from coming to America. He said it. He said it weird, like Mohammed or something weird, man. He did. He, he. It was. I think that's his accent. I think it was Could a Canadian be. accent. Yeah, yeah. How often do you hear Canadian people say Muhammad? I mean, not that often, from what I can recall or know of. Not that I know. Uh, yeah, anyway, Sid and Austin come out and attack both guys. There's a schmoz that goes to commercial, come back. Brett and Haas, Sean are back in the ring. Uh, HBK goes to pick the title up off the mat. Brett steps on it, picks it up, folds it up nice, goes to hand it over. As soon as Sean's about to take it, he drops it on the ground and fucking leaves. Uh, so, yeah, nice. You know, they're <laughs> still pushing the storyline. We know where it goes, so. Pretty much the same thing happened 25 years later with Charlotte and Becky. Yep. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, we get a recap of Tiger Ali's contract signing. Brett was there to congratulate him. Uh, next, we get Merrill versus Triple H for the IC title. Uh, they had time to kill, apparently, because this match went pretty long. Uh, but, hey, I mean, if you got to have a match to go along to kill some time, these are two of the good guys to do it with. So, you know, can't say anything about that. Uh, Triple H ends up winning with a loaded fist. Uh, next, we get a, another Rumble recap. This is of when Lawler got called in, when it was Brett and Austin, and Lawler just immediately gets bounced out of the ring, so comical. Yep. But it works. Uh, we get our we get our main event. It's a no-holds-barred match, so it's basically an excuse for weapons, no DQs, and run-ins, which, as you might imagine, that's exactly what we got. Uh, yeah, at one point at the end, Vader and Mankind team up on Taker. Vader accidentally chair shots Mankind. He ends up hitting Taker with the chair, who no-sells it, uh, and then hits the tombstone on Mankind on the chair for the win. Oh, I have to assume that I'm I'm right on this, and I'm going to... This is the February 3rd, right? February 3rd, yep. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Um. Yeah, 100%. This is the night, and I think you may have skipped over this. You said this is where Taker grabs Ahmed by the throat. Yeah. Um, they had a little bit of words with each other, too, though, where... Yeah, so what weird. the words were when he... So what he said what to him is, this was an interview, and... Oh, by the way, it's what... If you guys already heard, it opened up our show today. This is where Ahmed says to Vince, and Vince, I don't take Prozac anymore. Please tell me that's on the Peacock. Did you not have that version? I might have ended up skipping by it or, or missing it while I was taking notes. I don't remember hearing that shit. Tells Vince he no longer takes Prozac, and that's when Taker comes in, grabs him by the throat, and Ahmed chops his hand away real quick. And Taker goes, if you go it alone, you stand there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But if you if he goes, but if we go together, we'll bury them all. Or yep. whatever it was, right? But prior to that is where he goes, and Vince, let me tell you, I'm not taking Prozac anymore. I go, holy shit. What? Why? Huh? Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember the the, the uh, yeah the choke part, but I didn't hear that. I don't remember hearing that line. You must have totally skipped very fast. It was unless Peacock edited it, man. Like I said, he, he goes, he's just talking right on one on one with Vince in the camera, and that's when he tells him, you know, no longer takes Prozac. Okay. And I was like, ah, ninety seven. Prozac. <laughs> that brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yikes. And that all was right. raw. <laughs> that, that was raw. Prozac and all. All right. <clears throat> we'll go to Nitro here. Uh, I don't know uh, your thoughts on this. I feel like Nitro uh, had a lot of dead air 
A lot of dead air during their show, it seemed like. Um, I feel like they're just going through motions, man. Like, they didn't know what they wanted to do storyline-wise. Like, we've come this far with all the NWO. Shit, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, speaking of, that's what we start with. We get Hogan, DiBiase, and Vincent. Uh, Hogan says they're on a mission from God. Maybe he just watched the Blues Brothers. I don't know. Uh, basically talking about how Piper's been dogging him, and he's talking about how the... Uh, the uh, committee has decided that Piper's going to get a title shot against Hogan. Uh, mentions Piper's going to be at Nitro tonight, and if he's there, Hogan will confront him, and he'll put the title on the line. So, there we go. From there, we get Ray Mendoza versus Ultimate Dragon. The only thing that I can say besides it was a squash was Sonny Ono was wearing a New Japan shirt. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Kidman versus Glacier. Uh, Glacier made sure to get his pose in before he actually pinned Billy Kidman. So there's that. You mean where he sent freeze at someone? <laughs> there you go. Uh, we get Ice Train, speaking of Glacier, uh, versus La Parca. Uh, Ice Train won with a standing splash. It was nice to see him get a win on Nitro, which we don't see often, but it was flat and not much of a mm-hmm. match. Uh, next, okay, now things are starting to pick up a little bit. We get Mean Gene with the Flair and the Horseman. Uh, no Arn Anderson. Uh Gene uh, says Benoit is one of the reasons that horsemen have stayed together. A uh, woman calls out Jacqueline and says, Remember, you've got my leftovers, girl. Yeah, she did the Do you three remember snack. a couple of weeks ago I said, Woman delivers one of the funniest lines I've ever heard her say. Do you remember this? Yeah. That was it. That was it. Yeah, three snacks. You got my leftovers. In... If you don't know what that was, that was a Z in thumb snaps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. She went there. Awesome. She went there. Uh, Girlfriend. Fucking Mongo has this obsession mm-hmm. with trying to rip the microphone out of Gene's hand. And I'll give Gene credit. He don't let that motherfucker go. Um, Luger was supposed to fight Jeff Jarrett tonight. He got taken out by the NWO, uh, specifically Hall and Nash. Mongo said, I'll take your place. Um, Deborah, at one my point, my husband will beat everybody up, y'all. Deborah with says, his "Briefcase it, it says she's won like three hundred and sixteen pageants." What? And I blew every judge. <laughs> so three hundred and sixteen times three. I, I just said Deborah says words. Well, that's what I've got. <laughs> Uh, and then Dead Flair spoke, y'all. <laughs> Flair cuts a, a, a promo on Sullivan and actually refers to him as Devil, which I think is cool. Obviously, they're referring yep. to past, so that's pretty cool. Man, you know, he had he had Jacqueline, he had Woman, he had Luna Vachon. That dude got around. Man, he can't wait to be alone with his girls tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We get a recap of the Steiners handing over the titles like little bitches to the NWO. And then we get Harlem Heat versus Steiners. It must be time for their bi-weekly match. Uh, we get the Faces of Fear watching from the crowd. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the match, Faces of Fear and Public Enemy decide to join in and interfere. And then Faces of Fear and Public Enemy fight off to the back, leaving Steiners and Harlem Heat in the ring like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we get our Who two. Who are they? <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. Like, 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 like a, a tornado, <clears throat> like a tumbleweed just kind of came through. A little fight, yeah. and it just, whoosh, and they were just left there like, what and was, was that? And I was like, yeah, no, I, I had the same feeling. Guys, don't worry. It was weird. <laughs> uh, 
we get a recap of Hogan's uh, promo from the beginning of the show. And then we get Mike Enos versus Dean Malenko. The first thing that I wrote was, this has to be interrupted by something. And guess what happens? Six in the middle of the match just comes to the ring and steals the cruiserweight title and heads back through the crowd. Um, I never is realized. Is Tony Khan watching old uh, <laughs> Nitro? What we do is we have an interview, someone interrupts. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, and then Malenko wins and is looking around like, where the fuck's my title? So I guess this is Six's thing. I, I don't remember him stealing titles this much, but hey, whatever works for you, bro. Uh, now he's we got. The, G- he's WCW's repo man at this yeah. point. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Next, we get Gene with Task, Taskmaster Conan, Jacqueline, and Jimmy Hart. Jimmy doesn't like it. He hates women in professional wrestling. To which Gene says, Sounds like you just hate women. I don't know if he was alluding to something or not. <clears throat> Um. Yeah, uh, Conan basically says uh, he wants to go after Benoit now instead of Sullivan. So there we go. That's that's about it. Jacqueline was uh, something else. Don't you worry about it, Gene. Come on, baby. Yeah, no snapping from Jacqueline. <laughs> no snapping from Jacqueline. Uh, next we get DDP versus Renegade. I actually just saw like a, like an article kind of like recapping Renegade, like how he came in hot. They were teasing him as the warrior, and then this dude came out yep. and ended up yeah. Yeah, he's not going to be around. Hey, I, I, I bought into it at that time because I remember watching him on WCW Saturday night, especially at that time. I was, you know, 13. What the fuck was I really doing on a, on a Saturday night? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and when it would come on, 605, I remember the Renegade, and I was like, he reminds me of Warrior. They didn't have to even <laughs> say the word. I was like, he reminds me of him. Yep. Especially when Warrior came out with the singlet in 92. Uh, you remember, right? And Mm -hmm. so we look a lot like it, and people are like, wait, is that Warrior? Is it the... Because then there was also Warrior died. Is this the one that was the new Uh, Warrior? Yeah, so there... But I do remember that, and I bought into it, so I guess good job. It worked. You know where the whole Warrior died thing came from, I think? Warrior? I think... No, I think it was because uh, that's right around when... um, Oh, what the fuck? He, uh, oh my God, I can't remember his name. The bunch of brothers, the the last of the the Von Erichs, Carrie. I oh, think yeah. it's when Carrie passed away, and Carrie kind of looked like him a little bit. So people were just assuming that it was him. Oh, uh, I think that's what it was. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but anyway, we'll move on. Uh, yeah, we actually just you know, and a quick little side note to that. You know, the other day it just came up that it was the anniversary of Andre the Giant's death, which was in '93, and. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was him and then Kerry Von Erich. It went in that order. Were the first two people I remember dying. Oh. And I was, like as a fan when I was younger, I was like, "Wow!" Hmm. Like you see them on TV, you don't think they're gonna die when you're that young. You know what right. I mean? You're like, yeah, wow. absolutely. Like, you well, know, they're larger than you're life, like, well, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <clears throat> Go on. Yeah, so uh, DDP wins with the Diamond Death Cutter. It's basically just the cutter. Uh, it's like an avalanche cutter almost, and the guy's on the top rope. Uh, outsiders come out with pipes, uh, and then we see Sting and Macho in the crowd, and DDP's looking over both shoulders, and everybody kind of just dissipates. It's a stalemate. Uh, next, we get Super Kahlo versus Alex Wright. Alex Wright gets a fucking win on Nitro. So, I mean, hey, we get two guys that we uh, kind of like. I actually get a win. So there's that. Uh, so- Doss Wonder Kid. Das Wunderkind. We get a Conan versus Benoit. Jacqueline comes to the ring with a leather belt, goes after women. Benoit snatches the belt from Jacqueline. And then Jacqueline spends the next 
two minutes trying to find something under the ring, which obviously was not there, and uh, pulls out a water bottle at one point, half empty, uh, and comically throws that aside like, nope, that's not it. And then it seems like she wasn't getting the hint that what she was looking for wasn't there, and Conan and Hart had to drag her away from the ring. <laughs> and she's like, I want to awesome. find it, though. I want to find it. It looks like what someone would do when it's a commercial break, but they're still doing picture-in-picture picture on <laughs> AEW. Like, That's not where the ladder is. Like, Cody kind of did that a little bit looking for a ladder, and then, you know what I mean? I'm like, was he doing it to kill time? But maybe you really can't find things. And that's really funny that Jackie just kept twirling around the ring and they're like, no, 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 guys, we got to go to break here. Grab her, grab her. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what happened. Well, and uh, next up we have the ever uh, going saga of Deborah, Jeff Jarrett and Mongo. Um, I actually wanted to make sure to watch this to see how many botches there were. Uh, there actually wasn't uh, too many. Uh, Mongo actually took a nice over the top spot. It looked really good. Uh, so, you know, from the botch perspective, I was uh, let down. Um, but basically what happens is after that over-the-top spot, uh, Deborah is just distracting Mongo, and they argue until Mongo gets counted out, which Deborah is obviously very visually pleased with. Uh, why You Mon- know that Deborah's got Jarrett wrapped around his finger. You know that she will leave him. Leave Mongo for him. I can't. Hey, that's whatever. There's that Boop. too. There's that too. <laughs> uh, we get an ad for Super Brawl, uh, and then we get our finale, which you know was it had its moments. It had some things that we probably could have gone away with, but uh, we get Gene in the ring, and he calls out Piper. We get Piper with his kid. Um, Piper says he's Roddy Piper, aka Rubik's Cube. Maybe I'm a little slow. I don't get that reference. Um, Gene actually calls hard him the, to get. I don't know. Hard to figure out. I maybe. I guess. I don't know. Fun to play with. I don't know. Uh, Gene <laughs> call Gene calls Piper the icon. I thought that was Sting, but okay. Um, Piper uh, said they they hold on to this icon thing with uh, Piper. I think for pretty much a solid year, all the way up until Sting comes out. Or no, actually, they, I don't think they even start calling Sting the icon until like TNA. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, whatever. All right. So Piper says he doesn't understand why he's getting a title shot. He already beat the guy. Um, says, you know what? You know, you need a license. The old line, you need a, a license to fish, to drive a car, but any asshole can be a father. He's like, I'm going to take myself some time off to be a, a man. Uh, I got nothing more to prove. Uh, we got Hogan, Bischoff, Vincent, and DiBiase coming to the ring. Uh, one Little things, right? Little things. Piper goes, Terry, don't do this. Come on, brother. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Loved, love, 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 love that. Shows a touch of a breaking kayfabe on purpose, a shoot. So, yep. And it's like, yo, wait, he's got a real kid in the ring, man. Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he tells Piper, drop to your knees, beg for mercy. Uh, Hogan and Bischoff want Piper to say that Hogan beat him like a drum, and he does that. Uh, he says, I want you to tell your son that I'm the icon. Um and he does that, and he's like, fine. And Hogan just runs him down, yellow, this and that. And Piper doesn't give a crap. They're headed out of the ring. Hogan smacks him in the back of the head of a couple times. Um, as they're about to leave the ring, he apologizes to his son, gives him a kiss, and hands him off to somebody and goes right after Hogan and Bischoff. Uh, we get Piper left in the ring with the belt. And he takes the mic, and he says, let the games begin. San Francisco, watch my fist go. 
Uh, and he has the title, has his kid in his arm. His kid holds the title. That's how we go off the air. Great shot. Good ending. It was a great end. Yep. Great ending. Um, one thing I, I have written down here I forgot to mention, WWE took many shots at uh, WCW on commentary during some of the matches. Next week, we're going to have this, we're going to have that, blah, 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 for Thursday. Because next week is Thursday, Raw Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they kept saying, uh, and we're going to have matches, and we are going to give you it. We're not going to pull out on, on the last couple of weeks. I told you they've been dropping little things. Because WCW keeps saying, we're going to have a title match, and then it ends up being maybe for the Gi- maybe Giant and Hogan for the title, maybe not. And you get there, it's a schmoz. They're like, no. Like, WWE's starting to take a little bit of shots on their commentary as of late. Oh, there you go. Which I dig. Uh, it was a good good you know monday night wars i think overall both had ups and downs but overall i no pun intended let the wars begin we're heading into great territories of where we're gonna see some great things and next week we have thursday raw thursday which means both shows are unopposed so raw is on thursday night while nitro is by itself on monday how do both shows do next week? We'll have to find out. You know, one thing I got to say, it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with our news or with the Royal Rumble, but there was a funny thing. Uh, Corey Graves was arguing with, uh, I don't even know who the other announcer is, nor do I care. <laughs> but he said something, and he's like, dude, because you're not the smartest guy in the room. You're not even the smartest guy in your chair. <laughs> oh my god I do where love has that Corey line Graves. been all my life yeah damn i love Corey yeah Graves. he's great man he's a young heenan to me and yeah. people are like i don't like him i think he's too heel why he you need someone to shit on someone and they're like yeah but he's pointing out all the bad things heenan would have done that heenan would have been like ha he missed that move <laughs> yep you know like if you botched the move he would have sold it in the right way as opposed to us looking at the botch, he was like, ha, he's so bad at wrestling, he messed it up. You know, and, that, and that's bad. Like, I don't know. I think you need a good heel announcer, and Corey Graves is just that. And you mentioned it, man. I think he would have been great to be in the Rumble. Uh, he actually sent out a tweet. Brock took my, my number. <laughs> hey. I like it. Well, I am excited. This week, we get to have the top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Best there is, the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. Hold two, arm bar. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold three, the moss-covered, three-handle family credential. It's me, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. I did it for the rock. This week's top topic. You know something, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smell. 
following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans, much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Volley, set, hit the net. It was not that great of a, a transition. It was all right. It was worth it, you know. <laughs> I think this list is your excuse to just do a top 60. Oh, come on, at. man. <laughs> no, I really wanted to, because I, I could have done it each week, the worst moments of each year, but where's the top in that? Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? We're yeah, supposed to be enough. the top of things. I got gotcha. you. But you have to, for every villain, you have... Uh, a good guy for every heel you have a face and so i think that i've justified that answer and you can s a d all right here we go it (laughs) not just kidding here we go it is our top topic this week we are talking the top and worst moments of the last 30 years odell let me ask you do you think it's better to go worse than top or top than worst you know well you have it written out uh worst on the left and top on the right. I think that's the way that we should go. So you, end right. on, you end on the high note. It's funny because I had 91 in here and I was like, well, I got to stay true to it. That would almost be an honorable mention, but that's not 30 years. 30 technically begins this way for me to do this. And I was, cause 91 would have been fun too, but here we go. 30 years, 1992. I think everyone can pretty much agree. I mean, there's a lot of things that, we're ups and downs in the early 90s. I mean, there, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about here. And, again, if you disagree with this, two options. You could write us. Second, make your own list. <laughs> all right. There 1992. I think we could all agree. Papa Shango coming out 45 minutes late to make the save for Sid to get, you know, out of the leg dra- drop from Hulkamania at – WrestleMania 8, yeah, horrible ending. The only thing that would have been better is if it all got timed out properly and then Warriors big, you know, come in. But the fans were so confused. They were like, oh, Warriors. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Wait, that's not him. He has short hair. Stop, 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 stop. Who's that guy? I don't get it. That's not him. Can't fuck with people back then. Wow. I guess, you know, us nowadays were like, don't pull the wool over our eyes. Back then, you could. All right. Right. <laughs> But the top moment of that year came months earlier, and it was with a tear in his eye. Oh, yeah. Everyone talks about it being probably the greatest Royal Rumble of all time, and I think it's pretty fair to say because with that title on the line, it was an unprecedented moment. You know, they weren't even giving away rights to WrestleMania until the following year. Uh, So Flair winning the, the championship and how it all went down, all the guys, I mean, you had everybody in there i mean it was a who's who from 92 at that point and i mean anybody could have won it you had sid savage piper uh who had won the title earlier that night the intercontinental title hogan it was just it was a great match flair winning it was well written the only thing i think that could have been better 
was, and it maybe would have been better for this WrestleMania list, was they announced that it would be Flair and Hogan. And then all of a sudden it just became Flair and Savage. And Hogan's like, no, I'd rather fight Sid. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Again, that's why it was the end of WrestleMania 8 really flopped. 93. Well, (laughs) they decided if we're going to suck one year, let's go two for two. As good as it gets. end of WrestleMania 9. As good as... Tremendous. Uh, it would have been fine if Yokozuna just went over and beat Brett the way he did with the salt in the eyes <sighs> and the pay-per-view there in Vegas. I would have been fine with it. But Hogan comes out, and Yoko's like, yeah, I just got through the fight. I'll fight you. That's fine. And Hogan wins the title. Oh, and by the way, Brett gave his blessing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Some shiesty shit. He's been screwed by WWF. He's been screwed by Hulk Hogan. He's been screwed by Yokozuna. Sid, Michaels, Vince. Yeah. And it's funny, man. I, 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 I'm I, so glad we laughed at it. Like, when the Fatal 4 was announced, everybody beat the piss out of Brett. He really is getting screwed. <laughs> but the plus side of 1993 was the first ever King of the Ring pay-per-view. It was a... It was a tournament as you and i have already covered when we did the top of king of the ring but this was the first time they actually did it on pay-per-view and i think they did it right with an all night uh, all in one night tournament eight men and the finals being heart versus bigelow we also got another heart versus mr perfect match but much like how we had the follow-up with you know rumble and and wrestlemania the opposite the follow-up for wrestlemania 9 you know, this ma- this night also had Yokozuna at least getting the title back from Hogan while burning him in the face with the flash photography, which was always a good moment. So, yeah, King of the Ring was good in my book is fuck Hulk Hogan. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, in 94, he played a touch of a role in what is now known as the Epic Steroid Trials. It was covered on the dark side of the ring and heavily covered in you know multiple sources we we should actually take a dive into it one day not go. steroids itself but you know no we can pass on that the trials <clears throat> but then that you know that's the bad end of 94 but the top end of 94 i mean who would have thunk that mr wwf himself the real american would jump over to wcw so instead of, I am a real American, you get, he's American man. <laughs> it worked. Sort of. Yeah, I would say no, nothing was bigger than him jumping over to WCW at that time. No. Uh, 95. You know, it's funny when you were talking about the tops of things and the worst of things. A couple years later, they couldn't have had a worst King of the Ring pay-per-view. Uh, because it was Sid versus Diesel for the title, another flopper. But also that night was Mabel winning the King of the Ring and going on to face Diesel that year at SummerSlam. Boo! (laughs) Yup. 95, the reason that we are doing a segment as it is today, WCW debuts on TNT with Monday Night Nitro, definitely the top moment in 95. I mean, that's the night that Lex Luger shows up at the Mall of America. He's like, I just bought this really cool shirt that buttons all the way up to my neck. Oh, Nitro's here. Cool. <laughs> it's the pirate shirt from Seinfeld. 
Oh my God, it is. <laughs> you know what? Side note to that, my wife and I are actually just getting into watching that. And really? now I'm starting to catch references that I that people have made all my life. Like when someone sneeze, uh, sneezes, you're so good looking. <laughs> my, my buddy Nate's been doing that to me for years. I didn't know that. All right. Uh, 96. Here's the worst moment. Something we've covered already because we were already in the middle of the Monday Night Wars. We're still covering it. Unfortunately, fake Razor and fake Diesel. You know what else has just gone by the wayside, I just realized? Heel JR. Totally freaking positive oh, yeah. in everything that just it, went on away. Raw lately. Yeah, just, just completely went away. went away. Yeah, just something I noticed. <laughs> All right. So while fake Razor and Diesel are doing whatever they're doing on Raw, the real ones, Hall and Nash, well, they formed the NWO in its completion because the top moment in 96 was Bash at the Beach 96, where Hogan heel turns and we get the formation of the New World Odor <laughs> when you're talking to Larry Zabisco. You know, if I had a choice, I would have said the top moment was watching Rey Mysterio get thrown like a dart at that uh, <laughs> that trailer, but, you know, I had to go real life, not we'll just my that, own personal. We'll count that part of the rise of the NWO. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my favorite moments. I couldn't wait till we got to that moment. <laughs> Here's something I can't wait to get to. Both of these moments. Worst moment of 97, the Montreal screw job. I think it has to be the worst moment because, shit, that was a shoot on live TV. You you that's you want to talk about kayfabe dying right there on the spot at all terms. That was the moment right there. Yeah. Um. Oh God, I don't even want to get in depth into it because we're going to just later on this year in a matter of about ten months. But the top moment, something we'll be talking about in only just about a month and a half. It is. The double turn at WrestleMania 13, Austin and Brett. Hasn't been done since, not that way. It has not been done the proper way at all since then. May never happen again, because, I mean, that was just perfectly, I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, how much of it was. had man- the right heel and heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you know, a lot of it, you know, they, they were definitely pushing heart that way. We're already seeing it now with where we are in the wars. Uh, I mean, and who knows? I don't think they really necessarily had any plans to, to turn Austin babyface. I just think he was so over with the crowd that the way that match went, you, you can't make that shit up. That's why it's such a moment because it, it just, just happened. It just happened to work. Yeah. It's, it's almost like when they got there, they were like, well, yeah, duh. I've already been here for like the last two months. I've been saying this place sucks dick. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, oh, man. Now you know that we're in the Attitude Area era. 1998, worst moment. Oh, God. I choppy choppy your pee-pee. As good as it gets. <laughs> but in 98, I mean, there are some great moments you had. Goldberg wins the title. Um, Rock ends up winning the title at the very end of 98. You had some good moments. Austin even wins the title at the beginning of 98. But I think the most talked about moment still to this date from 98 
is Undertaker throwing mankind off the top of the hell in a cell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could talk about the rise of Austin and all the great stuff, but it was a gradual build and it just kept going throughout 98. But that moment where they still show you in the opener of every show. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that takes 1998 by uh, a long shot. I'm going to let you take the the next couple of here because, you know, um, one of them I let you take the the answer on, but I, I figured I'm talking a lot. Let's have you uh, talk a bit here and I'll, I'll take start a few off with 99. Years. I'll take a few years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, they're not even going to joke about this one. 99, the worst moment was obviously what happened to Owen Hart at Over the Edge. Um, just a sad, sad moment uh, on multiple levels. So uh, not much to really say there. Uh, but on the good edge, what we did get, we, we got the Hardys versus Edge and Christian, the ladder match, which was really just the beginning of what would become a, a long rivalry and, and a new, uh, almost like a new style of wrestling that we weren't used to seeing. Um, you know, a new precedent could, for ladder matches. Yeah. Too. It, yeah. It just took it to the next level. Uh, it, it was just something we hadn't seen before. Uh, something that we still like seeing today when it's done properly. Uh, in the year 2000, one of the worst fucking things to ever happen was Mae Young giving birth to a hand, uh, of which Mark Henry was the father of. Yes, you heard me right. That actually happened on TV. Um, he was sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate, That yeah. white, That hand was pretty white. It I'm was not pretty sure. White, yeah. She may have been fucking around on old Mark Henry. Maybe it was Bubba. <laughs> Uh, oh, has he put her through the table? Yeah. Did you ever hear that story? She farted on him after he did that. For real? Oh, yeah. As he was sitting there looking all day, she so, just did that? So, yep. So he he had power bombed her previously through a table, but he did it really softly, and apparently she went up to him and slapped him around and said, treat me like one of the boys. So when he put her through that table, he fucking went full force, and apparently it knocked the wind out of her. <sighs> Oh, see, that's a top moment to me. Not her giving birth to a hand. <laughs> anyway, moving Jesus. on to... Uh, all right, so the top moment of 2000, the Radicals debuting in WWF. It was great because it wasn't just one guy. It was fucking four. Four guys that were tight already in WCW. Uh, not necessarily a stable so much, uh, but still making an impact. Uh, uh, for the first little bit, they were, uh, but then they kind of all went their separate ways pretty quick. You know, and going back to that May Young thing, you know, we we had talked about things that could have been that year. You know, David Arquette wins a title that year. Well, yeah. I think it was one of the worst moments. Watching someone give birth to a hand is just like, where the fuck are we in wrestling at this point? Right. But, you know, everybody kind of takes Arquette and be like, that's the reason they went under right there. That was it. I don't know, man. The beginning of the year with the entire Radicals jumping over to – uh, WWF at that time, I think that was a major thing. I mean, Jericho jumped at that time already. Big Show had jumped in 99. In the very beginning of 2000, all these guys, and Benoit was your world champion, and they all jump all at once. I think that was one of the bigger moments they'll just never be able to talk about because well, Benoit. Yep, pretty much. But, yeah, that and Russo, but that's a different story altogether. So, uh, That's like beating someone to death with their own shoe. <laughs> Funny business, really. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll, oh, I'll, t- man. I'll, I'll take I'll take 2001. I'll hand it back to you. Uh, the invasion angle. What a botch. What an absolute yeah. fucking botch. You had everything 
Like, literally. Like, you could have made this as shoot as possible, and it just fucking blew up in your face. It was terrible. Uh, almost as bad as the is Nexus. This not, is this not what I said? Is that this is the one, oh, we're going to get some wrestlers and some napkins. That's pretty much what this was. Yep. And they, they got some shit wrestlers. And I don't think Vince or anybody really thought about the in-depth idea of this, but probably should have sprung for Sting, Goldberg, uh, the right guys at that time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, even DDP, you brought him in as a stalker? What, yeah. what sense did that make? Oh, God, that was terrible. And your first match that you decided to present on WWF television included Booker T versus Marcus Alexander Buffy Bagwell. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then you fired him like a day later. I was going to say. They didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, they clowned Bagwell pretty uh, pretty quickly. That's for damn sure. Uh, but kind of out of that, there was some good. And uh, the top moment was w- uh, Vince buying WCW. Uh, and as much as the invasion angle sucked, he really did uh, turn it into like a work shoot where he was cutting promos on Raw saying, I just bought out my competition. And you know damn well that that was not just an angle that he wanted to play off. That was his goddamn vanity. And I think it's one of the reasons it played so well. We would need to take this podcast into, like, 2026, I think. But are you looking to do this all the way to the war's end? Or when it just looks like the writing's on the wall and you're like, okay, I've seen enough shit. I just saw Judy Bagwell on a forklift. I'm good. I'm done. (laughs) Listen, man. Um I, I don't know. I kind of want to just let it go because there are years in there where there's definitely like, cause at this point of the, of the wars, I wasn't watching that much. Okay. Okay. I was in Pittsburgh. I was doing my own thing in college, you know? Um, so, but like, yeah, like 98, like I was watching a lot and I was flipping between both shows. So totally. I almost kind of want to relive that. Because I remember a lot of those Oh, no, I totally... Oh, we're doing 98. I assumed we're doing 99, but, like, once it kind of gets a little stupid in WCW in 2000, I'm like, do we stick with it? And I'm almost like, yes, and the only reason I say so is you got to think about... Jeez, Bash at the Beach, man, Russo and Hogan, all that fun stuff, I kind of want to get to... Maybe just stuff that we could shit on anyway. I kind of want to get to Hogan uh, throwing the belt because Jarrett just lays down for the pin. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah. All of that. So we might as well see it all the way through, which would be to 2001. It's only March 2001. Again, that's I mean, we're not going anywhere with this podcast. We're here. We got time. But then I think what would be great is just finishing out that year, all of 2001. He buys WCW at the beginning uh-huh. of 2001. Let's see how it all plays out. Let's watch the rest of that invasion angle, and let's yeah. see how bad it actually gets, because might as well just shit all over it. <laughs> well, there you go. We can call that season the uh, the aftermath. Oh, man. So, yes, that was uh, Vince buying definitely the top moment because I I remember someone telling me in school the day it happened. It was Mm -hmm. a big moment. They're like, yo, Vince bought WCW, and they're going to talk about it on Raw tonight. I'm like, what? Is that (laughs) an angle? Are are promotions working together? And No, man, and it almost seemed that way, too. And Shane showed up there just like he showed up at this, you know, Rumble. Yay. Hooray. All right, let's. Let's get back into uh, business. Let's talk, you know, talking about some shit of Shane McMahon. Oof. Let's talk about something that is equally as awesome. 
2002, worst moment of the year? Hmm. The Katie Vick angle. Yeah, I'm not even going to say anymore. Nope. Um, the best moment of the year. Who would have thought The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18 would steal basically moment and match of the year? I mean, the crowd chanting for Hogan when he came out, it erupted as if it was back in, you know, the day where it was him versus Savage at WrestleMania 5, you know, where kayfabe was so alive that people went nuts for Hogan. Right. I hadn't heard that reaction for him in so many years. No. And I remember having a whole party at my house, everybody there, and I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> I'm like, why is everybody cheering for him? I'm like, and I'm okay with it, because, but I didn't understand it either. It was well played out. I think they did a great job with it. Um, Rock going over, I think they should have called on the fly. I think it would have been great to see Hogan go over, only sure. for the fact that the crowd would have been awesome with a pop, but... God damn, how shitty do you feel if you're Triple H and Jericho after that? I mean, Trish and Jazz were after that. They knew that they, that whatever they did it didn't matter, but how bad do you feel if you're Triple H and Jericho and we're like, we're for a world title? Yeah. Jer- or, Triple H has been out for almost a year with that quadricep injury, and now they just did that? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Let's push it to Raw. <laughs> 2003, worst moment of the year. You know, there's a lot of shit in that year, but I've we've talked about it a couple of times already, man. I've never seen someone take a, a shot and lay there for three minutes and still get covered the way Booker T did at WrestleMania 19 from Triple H. Total yeah. Barry. And I'm putting this as a part of it, the whole angle. The whole angle Everything, the match, was just the worst. Because they played off racism extremely hard without saying the words, without him saying a person like a black man like you. He kept saying a guy like you, a guy in your case. He kept doing a lot of that shit, and it was like, right? did you really need to go that road? I mean, like, he was a five-time champ before he came over here. You could have just had a really good feud with them. Why did they have to go that road? Because he's a WCW guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, 2003, the rise of Eddie Guerrero. You know, while all that's going on on Raw, on SmackDown, we've talked about it already in past episodes, the SmackDown 6. And they pushed the SmackDown 6 to the right extent that they tried so hard to make Eddie Guerrero a heel. I was there the night that he put Tajiri through his low rider, right through the windshield and on the hood. And we all chanted for Eddie. It was the best thing. We were like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Go, Eddie. Because the more (laughs) he cheated, the more he lied, the more we liked him. Maybe you shouldn't have showed us all those funny vignettes because now we can't get over it. Because 2002, that's what they were doing with Los Guerreros. So everything they tried to do in 03, it didn't work. And he had such a big rise that by the beginning of 2004, he is your champion by beating Brock Lesnar. So... I think the rise of Eddie Guerrero was the top moment because going back to all of his moments, everything from WCW, what we're watching right now, Christ, he has had his cruiserweight title stolen from him. But then, you know, everything to his drug addictions, being fired, coming back, working his way up from mid-card all the way to world title. I don't think there's a, a better Cinderella story than what happened in 2003 with Eddie Guerrero. 2004. Well... 
2003, we decided to push the lines with racism. 2004, <laughs> how about we pick on a disabled person? Eugene. Fucking Eugene. I swear to God, I mean this. Look it. There's the... Uh, <laughs> all right. 10, 15, 20 years ago, people threw the R word around for fun, right? Nowadays, you don't, you, you can't do it. But there was certain things that were like not okay. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. There was things you could say and do. And WWE fucking hopscotched over that line is what I'm saying at that time. Like they could have gotten away with calling someone that word on TV and people were like, who edgy. Okay. <laughs> but to actually have a guy who is not mentally challenged, go out and be, mentally challenged and people fuck with him because he's mentally challenged i never laughed once i swear to god not once ever did i laugh even when he went over triple h it was dumb i did not care for it i'm sorry what'd you say cringy it was it just i i don't know man it's like i and i god damn i hate to say this but good job nick dinsmore because i mean he played it kind of well i mean he his sound and and his mannerisms his work you you did feel bad for him you're like wait is this guy hang on i gotta look into this here good thing we had the internet at that time but it was just real it was too cringy i wasn't a fan of it but something that was well now they'll kind of call it cringy but in 2004 the best moment man it's the way they closed out WrestleMania 20. It'll never be looked at and celebrated ever again. You could look at Daniel Bryan holding the title at 30 with all the confetti, but nothing beats Benoit and Eddie holding both sets of titles up as both of them walk out of there as world yep. champions. Guys who three years ago, as we just said, in our top moment came over in the Radicals, and here they are holding both prestigious championships at the end of a WrestleMania awesome moment i don't think it got any better for either one of them after that because then eddie entered into another racist feud with uh, jbl that was nice and then also benoit well he dropped it to orton after a series of matches against like kane and edge but for the most part i think both of them that moment never got any better than that 2006 God damn. Nope, I'm sorry. Five. 2005. 2005. Yeah. It's weird how things are just kind of going into each other. You know, like one person you talk about into the other. Right. 2005, the one that was the most gut-wrenching was, you know, when a wrestler passes away that's on, you know, that's like in their 70s or 80s, we're like, damn, I liked him, man. That's awesome. Or not that not that's awesome. Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that sucks. You know, I'd like to go back and look at some of his awesome matches. But then it's really awful when you know that it's a guy that you just watched on TV three days ago. Eddie Guerrero passing away. And I watched his last match live at a bar. I remember him facing Kennedy. The whole thing of throwing the chair and everything. All the, the, the whole lie, cheating, steal thing. It was awesome. And he passed away in the hotel. And, man, that was a rough couple of episodes of raw and smackdown the tributes that they did and they used johnny cash's hurt um as well as what was the other one johnny cash's hurt on one and then the other one was three doors down 
uh, I'm here without you, baby. Uh, whatever that one is. Couldn't tell you. Here without you. That's the name of it. Whatever. Uh, but in 2005, finally, after about five years, ECW was resurrected for one night only for one night stand. They started having a nice little invasion going on with uh, everybody showing up on Raw. And this was a better invasion than WCW did, obviously, back in the day when they did the WCW and ECW push along. And this is where we have a, a what was it? Uh, Dreamer and Sandman versus the Dudleys in the main event. We got uh, Ta. God, what's his name? Mike Awesome against what's his name? I want to say Chono, and it's not. I can't think of his name right now. Ta, not Tatanka. Anyway, Tanaka, <laughs> Tanaka, Awesome versus Tanaka. And that is also where we get the one of the most epic promos of all time, Paul Heyman. You want to shoot, cowboy? <laughs> That's awesome. The Matt freaking Hardy. <laughs> Hide your wives. It's Edge. One of my favorite lines of all time. Hide your wives. It's Edge. <laughs> oh, God. So... WWE in true fashion, they say, well, we'd paid a really good tribute to Eddie last year when he died. The best thing we should do is not only let Rey Mysterio win the Royal Rumble, but we should have him have a chance to go on and win the world title. Oh, wait, along the way, let's have Randy Orton tell him that Eddie's in hell. Seems like a wise idea. Excellent follow-up. Yeah. In the same exact time that they put Eddie Guerrero in the Hall of Fame. Stupendous writing. Yep, indeed. Uh, this one, we actually have a tie, and I'm going to let you read this one. I, I would assume you probably are going to go with the latter of the two. Uh, I'm going to go with the latter of the two. <laughs> I'll mention them both. You know, I mentioned about Hide Your Wives as Edge. It was the most top-rated moment on Raw for many, many years and was for many years after the live sex celebration between Edge and Lita was the most highest rated moment. Next, The next time that it was, it was the highest rated segment was when Miz won the uh, title against Orton and cashing in. Just saying. People like a little bit of TNA. Not yeah. talking the company. But the real top moment in 2006 was one night stand. Two years in a row, they take it. And why? It was Cena going into a very pissed off crowd, holding the championship up, the championship up, and defending against RVD. And Edge comes in and does the old Rick Rude style spear with the motorcycle helmet because that's something Rude did in WCW a couple of times to reveal himself. Actually, forgot to bring this up last week. When Zack Ryder won his match against Joey Janela, same thing happened. They did the whole thing. Takes off a helmet, Kurt Hawkins. And there's a great meme going around. And it says, man, and it wasn't even a meme. I'm sorry, it was a real tweet. Kurt Hawkins goes, man, can you believe if we didn't get fired, we'd be chasing around the 24-7 championship right now. And it's a picture of them standing in the middle of Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah, yeah. true. 
Eh. Take it into your own hands. Um, all right. Moving along. In 2007, no worse thing had happened. And there's no jokes in this one. You know, and this is the Chris Benoit homicide suicide with his family. Um, Jesus, watching that Raw was enough just to see them tributing and then going, wait, 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 hang on, never mind. Yeah. We're just going to show a match or two until this thing rides out to the end of the night. It was, and watching everything unfold, even, I mean, talking like on CNN, that mm-hmm. was crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you're watching all that stuff unfold on there. I'm like, the, every channel is covering WWE at this moment, and that's a first for me, you know? And, and, and right. you're seeing Jericho and Bret Hart and all these guys talk about him, but also talking concussions and all that stuff. Cena was on there as well on Larry King. Um, but in the happier moment of the year their first match at Wrestlemania 23 was alright and Michaels wasn't too happy with it but then when they went to London on Raw they were supposed to just have a regular one on one non-title match and you know for any other match that would happen on Raw you would expect okay whatever it's going to be 15-20 minutes schmaz or win and they started the match at 9 o'clock or whatever time Raw started back then yeah it would have been 9 and they, or because it was 8 to 10, or I don't know. I, I'm talking about my ass. doesn't matter. Either way, they started the match halfway through the show, and it went a solid 45-minute classic all the way to the very end where Michaels gets the super kick and pins Cena. It was a perfect revenge from WrestleMania 23. It was awesome. I was a huge fan of it. And I'll tell you what, I'll even take over here for... Uh, 2008, and then we'll have you move on a little bit here. Uh, in 2008, the worst failed project. You know, I wanted to say the... <laughs> nope, that would be the following year. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, 2008, the worst project that you could have failed on was Mike Adamley. Calling Jeff Hardy, Jess Harz, Jeff Hardy, Jeff, Jess Harvey. Um, he, didn't, he didn't know any of the names of the shows. He was horrible. He was just... It was like taking a person who's never watched wrestling and saying, would you like to be an announcer? And I'm 99% sure that's exactly what they did. But in the top half of it, though, I think the Ric Flair retirement was done very well by WWE. That was a top moment in 2008 from the match with, well, actually, I go all the way back to the long-running feud of the next match you lose, you're retiring from Vince, and every match on the line was that, and... He had an awesome winning streak to lose against Shawn Michaels at 24 with the I'm sorry, I love you. But what I liked is that there was feuds that followed along with it. You had uh, first Michaels and Batista off of I can't believe you got rid of my mentor. And then following off of that was Jericho calling Michaels a liar through the whole thing. And that's when Jericho becomes full-blown heel and we get suit Jericho. So it was a very long thing that all just stemmed from a retirement. I thought it was a really well done thing, and I think only Michaels really could have been the one to do all of it. I think it was great. Kind of like, you know, Lesnar was only the right guy to do the streak, right? You know, yeah. I think Michaels was probably the right guy to end this to end Flair's career at that point. I don't think anybody else would have been better. Triple H was the only other person I would have put in that scenario. Uh all right, man. Why don't you take over? How's 2009 look to you? 2009. Well, this one was a bummer. We had Orton losing to Triple H at WrestleMania 25. 
Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I was there. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um the most he, pushed heel. He won your rumble. It was all the writing was on the wall. And then they let him win the following month in a 3 verse 3 man, well, a six-man tag or whatever you want to call it. When it was like old school evolution or I don't even know what you want to call it versus legacy and that's when he wins a title. You could have culminated with your fans not booing at 25. You know that, right? We didn't have yeah. to all boo leaving Houston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Booking decisions, right? Uh, yeah. So, But on the flip side, we had Edge versus Hardy. Uh, the ladder match, uh, there's the cash in and the heel turn. Uh, a lot of shit. Which was, yeah, CM Punk's heel turn. He, he yep. was him cashing in at the end and awesome. A lot of, uh, of uh, real-life leaking over on that one. But, uh, yeah. Lots of good stuff Absolutely. coming out of that one, just like uh, the Ric Flair stuff. Oh, God, 2010. I kind of referenced it earlier. I knew we were going to get there eventually, but it's Cena defeating the Nexus. You have this badass group of young, up-and-coming talent, a lot of which have proven themselves since, despite this shitty booking. Um, and you just have Cena do his best Triple H impersonation and bury the entire group one by one. Uh, But obviously, without that shittiness, we couldn't have some good to get us there and feel that way. And that's the Nexus takeover and their destruction of Raw. And when I say destruction of Raw, I mean that literally. Uh, Taking the matte canvas off the sides of the ring, destroying and breaking down the commentary table. Uh, Brian Danielson getting, well, Daniel Bryan getting uh, fired from WWE for choking out uh, Justin Roberts uh, with uh, his own tie. So I uh, loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I every mean, bit of that entire thing left me with my jaw wide open. I'm like, what is going on right yeah, now? And I was like, I don't even know anything about these guys, and I love this. It's the NWO. It's the Shield. Some shit. You just capture it, and it just hits. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's what the Nexus breaking ended. Uh, but see the previous detail for how that went. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So next, 2011, one of the worst WrestleMania matches ever, besides Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker, is Jerry Lawler versus Cole. Um, it's just, I don't even really know what to say. Was, this is the one where Cole was wearing the singlet and the wrestling helmet. Yep. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. So we're just going to, it's the drizzling shits. And the worst part is that Lawler loses Yeah, his only WrestleMania match ever. And <clears throat> earlier in this year, you let the Miz and him have a couple of title matches. He was in a cage match against Miz at a pay-per-view for the title. Like it, you, they were pushing Jerry in a cool way because he's never had a WrestleMania moment. And then you had him lose to Michael Cole. Worst decision ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That shows you how much they love that Michael year. Cole. <laughs> yeah. That year. Right. Uh, but at least, uh, you know, and this is interesting. We definitely will call it a, a top of the year because it's it's revolutionary. It's historic. It still gets talked about today. It's just the unfortunate of it is because there's a very big portion of it that there's a lot of truth to, which to me wouldn't make it necessarily the top. But I get why it's on there. And that's the pipe bomb. It makes sense. Well, uh, and it, re- I'm it not did revolutionize it things, but also it's. Sure, sure. Yeah. But no, but I'm saying it's uh, it also made a revolution for younger talent because that's when we finally got the right push of a Brian Danielson or Danny Bryan winning the world title while Punk had that title. And you got to see the right people. You had the Summer of Punk, 
although it was a little bit delayed with Kevin Nash and Triple H um, and Andrade's father, Alberto. <laughs> you know, it was it was just I, I just I was a big fan of the pipe bomb. I think nothing was a bigger moment than that, at least out of the best. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, 2012, we get John Laurinaitis on TV. People power. What oh, a tool. People what power. A stooge. Yeah. yeah. I am just... the head of talent relations and the general manager of both Raw and SmackDown, and I push people power. I hate him. Yeah, his brother His brother obviously got all the talent. Um, uh, but for the top moment of the year, we get the shield. And again, I, I just looping that in there with the Nexus previously. I, mm-hmm. What else can we say about the Shield? Revolutionary at the time, something that made our jaws drop. It was a hit. We still talk no about one knew it today. They were coming. Yep, yep, still getting referenced in matches today, like we just saw. Yeah, For don't even need Moxley too. to be there. Nope, exactly. Uh, moving on to 2013, the bottom. Um, man. It basically, you just talked about the summer of punk. Well, this is pretty much the end of the summer of punk, and it was uh, basically the beginning of the excommunication of CM Punk from WWE. Uh, it's The Rock winning the title from Punk and ending that 434-day streak. And from here, basically, Punk just never sees a main event again. Ridiculous. Uh, uh, the top of the year, though, uh, and as much as I wasn't watching at the time, I have gone back and watched, and I am going to say this, um, one of the biggest pops I've ever heard, probably not the biggest, but one of the biggest ever, Dolph Ziggler cashing in on Raw uh, and winning the world title. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing moment. Um, I threw my shoulder out, punching the air, <laughs> being so excited from that one. I was like, yeah, because everybody had been wanting it and wanting it. And Del Rio selling the injury with his ankle. As mm-hmm. soon as you heard, I think it was, I'm here to show the world. I think back then, too. I'm, I'm 100%, uh, not 100%, I'm pretty sure. But, um, oh, my God. As soon as he came out, the crowd went nuts. And then when he hit the zigzag, and him screaming, that was real emotion being let out. Yeah. And then fucking swagger with the concussion to him. <laughs> okay. Just saying. I'm just saying. All right, I'm going to take one more here just because it's something that's near and dear to me. Uh, the worst moment. This is what got you back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Almost, yeah. Uh, the worst of 2014, the end of the streak. We knew it was likely to happen. Um, a lot of conjecture on whether or not it should have been Brock, how much say The Undertaker had. I'm sure he had a lot of say. Um, but it makes sense. Uh, ultimately in the end Uh, but it was really uh, a low point just because there wasn't a really lot else other going on right now at that time so uh, this just seemed to be another dagger to the heart so there's that Uh, but the good moment that we did get was Daniel Bryan finally finally uh, winning the, the undisputed championship in WWE uh, at WrestleMania 30, uh, quite a moment. Uh, and just to add, uh, you know, the cherry on top, I, I hate to say it, a cherry on top, but, uh, the whole Connor's cure thing, uh, you know, oh, him yeah. being able to no, be it there. It was just a great moment. That. It was, it was a great moment. It's going to go down in history as one of the best moments that a WWE ever had. Not that I like to go back and look at something and purposely cry, but I just like watching that every now and then just because yeah. it shows an awesome side of, to be honest with you, so many hum- people, but including humanity, Stephanie. Yeah, yeah, Triple yeah, H like, too. Yeah, 
Yeah, but both of them, you know. But man, him pinning him and punching or punching Triple H and pinning him, I love that. You know, it was just a cool moment and all the like. I get, literally am having goosebumps right now thinking about all the guys cheering with that three count. It was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially Triple H is like, come on, hit me, hit me, and you see he's shy and everybody's awesome. cheering him on. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's funny because everybody's like, oh my god, I'll do it, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with, with the the end of the streak, it's funny mentioning that. Paul Heyman still has me wondering, Vince, you know, he, he couldn't do anything with him. What if, what if he just went into business for himself? You can't fire the guy that just, that just beat Undertaker. Shit. He's probably full of it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. Great story. And yeah, it still is. love it. And the way he spun it, I was like, well, you got me sold. Dude, he could say anything. He could read a Chinese menu and he fucking, you'd be captivated. He could sell mm-hmm. it. I'd be go as far to put a, like a tattoo of it on my arm right next to the other one. Um, all right. Egg 2015. The, you know, we talked about was 2022 the worst one? No, 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 no. 2015 was the absolute worst Royal Rumble of all time. Not only did you have Daniel Bryan come in and have him out by, I don't know, number 10. Mm-hmm. And then you had Big Show and Kane clear house. Because every last bit of hope, you're like, okay, fine, Dean can go on and face him. No, 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 oh, my God, fine, I'll let Dolph, oh, my God, you guys are going to do this, aren't you? You're really going to let Roman win this shit. And then there is that tiny glimmer of hope. You're like, Rusev, yes, 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 God damn it. It just, uh, it was it was horrible. It was really, really, all, all of it was horrible. But, yep. like I said earlier, Rock couldn't even save it. That's that's when you know shit's bad. Yep. Um. Wait. Was that the right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, you're that's good. Right. Okay. I was looking at the wrong. I was thinking about the wrong year here. But what could have made that WrestleMania main event better between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar? Top moment of the year. Listening to Seth Rollins' music hit, and he goes running down the ramp fast at the end of WrestleMania for one of probably one of the most epic cash-ins, probably right next to Dolph Ziggler. And I'm a fan of all the cash-ins. Not all of them have been as epic as some of them. I think Dolph and Seth were pretty memorable, which is why I think they both kind of took the cake for that. That moment right there, him running down, swinging the title at the end of WrestleMania, everybody was like, yeah, anybody but Roman. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, though, 2016. I made a proclamation on the old radio station I was on, man, and I took a good solid year off pretty much from watching WWE. I said, if they are dumb enough to end WrestleMania 32, because Triple H is the champion, yeah. if there's really that dumb to have Roman win it and let the crowd boo them the shit out of the arena, you're going to end going off the air with solid boos, then you don't care about us. You don't care about the product. You don't care about anything. I'm done. And I did take a pretty decent solid year. I mean, like, I kind of... I'm not going to lie, I dabbled at spoilers and checking some shit out, but, you know, I really stopped watching on a consistent basis because I was like, I don't care. I watched NXT, but I didn't watch any WWE product. I couldn't. It bothered me so bad that you were willing to end your biggest event of the year that way. Um, On the flip side of that, earlier that year at that same Royal Rumble where Triple H won the title, number three, phenomenal one makes his debut. Huge. Talk about a massive pop. One of the best yeah. pops of all time, man. That was awesome. Uh, man, 2017, this one's still a heartbreaker to me. Especially after reading uh, 
Brody Lee's wife's message or her story about uh, she knew how heartbreaking this was for him. The crowd was heavily behind Luke Harper during WrestleMania season, and you had him and Orton have a banger of a match at Backlash. Yeah. The writing was on the wall. You had already two guys who were in the Wyatt family. The third very easily could be in there, and even if, and Harper said it, even if someone gives me an RKO and I lay on the ground for the rest of the match, I do not give a shit. I just want to be a part of this thing. But instead, they opted to pay for the worms to be in the ring and not Harper. <sighs> Bullshit. Yep. Um, but same night, they did give us the returning Hardy Boys. Crowd was already chanting, delete, delete, and they gave us exactly what we wanted. The crowd went nuts. I mean, you insane. say you can't have a massive pop in a roofless place. It came across TV very, very loud for a roofless place. Usually the sound goes up and you lose it. Nothing was lost on that night. Nope. Oh, man, oh, man. Some people should just stay in retirement, you know? Like Brady, you said you were in retirement. Stay there. Uh, But in 2018, Shawn Michaels said he was never, ever going to come out of retirement. But money talks, bullshit walks. Him and Triple H, bald as ever, both take on Brothers Destruction. Both bald as ever. (laughs) At Crown Jewel. One punch and Kane's mask comes off. That's it. Enough said. That's that's probably the equivalent of everything else that just went down in that match. Never should have happened. Dog shit. Terrible. But, thank God, at the beginning of the year, AEW said we're starting a revolution. And in January of 2019, they began all elite wrestling. Yeah, you skipped there after we had our... You're down one. Go back one. I did. I did. So that's 2019's top shit. Thank you. You're right. <laughs> 2018 was Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada, the two out of three falls Dominion match. We've talked about it mm-hmm. to no end. I don't think we need to harp too much harder. Really, yeah. in 2018, there was nothing better than that match. It was a – they gave it, what, six, seven – and a half star match, whatever it Call, was. Called the Not, Meltzer Special. There it is. <laughs> Meltzer Special. All right. You know what it was? It was the fucking Saudi Arabia shows that were throwing me off. Because yeah, in well. 2019, they doubled down. Undertaker said, well, I was a part of one shitty match one year. How about I go two for two? And he fought a concussed Goldberg, and Goldberg nearly fucking killed Undertaker yep. at Super Showdown. It, the match was so bad, it's the first time Taker's ever broken kayfabe like that. Oh, yeah, he looked real pissed off. I've never seen him look like that. Um, And then, as I already mentioned, AEW started a revolution in 2019. Hey, okay. And then, <laughs> 2020, no bigger thing that could have sucked than the pandemic. And it's because wrestling companies were shown where they could either shine or really not shine. WWE had some really cool high points, but a lot of the low points. I think Money in the Bank says enough. Their Money in the Bank show says everything you need to know. Yeah, there was Maybe Money in the Bank. Maybe even saying greatest match of all time before even having a match was another thing that sucked that There year. was that. There was Money in the Bank. Uh, don't forget about the zombies. Oh, my God. That was that part of that, too. The oh zombies. Yeah. But the beginning of 2020, it all began at that Royal Rumble we talked about where Lesnar went on a running streak, but after he was out of there, 
Edge makes his wrestling return and goes on to face Orton at WrestleMania in a, you know, last man standing match, which was pretty cool. Um, was, I think it was, you know, Jesus, both their matches combined, I think, were like two hours. Yeah, they <laughs> in, were long matches. Total. Yeah, but it was great to see Edge come back after all these years. And then last year, here we are, we're at 2021. The worst of it, you got to say it, man, it's the end of NXT. It was the saddest thing to come about, man, because we, we had so many great matches, so many great feuds, pay-per-views, and Vince was like, I'm going to personally put my son-in-law in a hospital and fire everybody that he ever invested in to make the future of this company ride forever. Dude, he's like, I, I think he's still dealing with this medical issue. Like, I don't know if he's bedridden or, dude, something's going yeah. on. Something's going on. Horrible. No bueno. And to me... I personally think it, and I don't think anything could really have topped it. 2021, CM Punk returns to wrestling. I mean, I wanted to make it the worst part of, of you know, 2014, but the streak was a much stronger thing. You know, sure. Punk walking away, I think we kind of saw the writing on the wall, like you said, all of 2013. It was just the downfall to everything there. And it was just, once that all happened, you're like, well, yeah, I could see it. Especially once the podcast came out. Oh, my God, which I loved. MJF called that out. He goes, and you can bitch about it on a podcast again. Woohoo! Oh, man. But that was the top and worst moments of the last 30 years. I appreciate you guys listening. In two weeks, we are back with another top topic. I mean, we're going to back every week, but... In two weeks, our top topic will be the production of The Best of the West as we talk with Josh Dutson of uh, the BOTW. We get to talk about Funny Bone. We get to talk about some upcoming stuff. Plus, next week, did it happen? Did it not? MJF, Punk, did it happen in Chicago? We'll know for sure. Plus, we'll be talking about one of the saddest moments in Raw history. That's right. HBK not only loses uh, his title, yeah. loses his smile. Mm. Get your tissues ready. <laughs> I'm ready for it. You're ready for it. Plus, we have movie of the week next week. And Nightwing himself will be back with his good shit of the week. Remember, share this episode and you have a chance to win in our 100th episode giveaway. My name is The Professor. I bid you a farewell, and as always, ODM being that we are in Season 4 is going to leave us with just four words. Good as it gets. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com.
ever have one of those days where you like just too much chicken nuggets maybe and you're like i i'm the simplest things i can't even function to do right now yeah yeah that's pretty much all the time yeah i literally was just sitting here looking around i'm like all right oh my god is that plugged in is that not oh my god this is like the first time i've ever fucking recorded <laughs> you're getting paranoid i will never forget that day I'll never forget that just, day. You're like, all right, I need a minute. I got to go. I just thought about it uh, the other day because I took one. Uh, and I was like, oh, should I do this? I'm like, yeah. It was actually during the rumble. It's the only thing that made yeah, it enjoyable. Uh, well, at least you are you didn't have to be interacting with yeah, people. At yes, least. exactly. You know, like talking into a microphone for like two hours. Yeah, you know, you know things like that.